Welcome everyone and uh, happy Chinese New Year. You're the rabbit, we understand. And I'd also like to recognize that the art club is having their, I think it's grand opening on January 19th, this Thursday. So at the old School Vision office, so that'll be a welcome addition. So we have the agenda, or I'll call a meeting to order, the special meeting on January 16th at 5 p.m. We have the agenda in front of us, um, special council meeting, so uh, no real changes and um, deletions happening, unless we have a... Your Worship, we do have a deletion. Um, the Puppet Library sends their regrets and asks if they could reschedule at a later date. Okay, thank you. Would someone uh, please move the adoption of the agenda as amended? Councillor Goodwood, all those in favor? It is carried. Okay, right into presentations. So our first presentation is Stars Air Ambulance. And uh, we have the presentation on our uh, agenda. So <coughs> sure if it's happening back here or not. Yes. So welcome. Well, thank you very much. Very nice to see some familiar faces that I've worked with your previous councils. Also to meet new faces as well. I'm Glenda Farden. I'm the Senior Municipal Relations Liaison for STARS. So very long handle. What it actually translates to is I work with all rural and municipal councils across the province of Alberta and into northeastern BC. And I've been doing this for 16 years now, so it's uh, it's been a, a wonderful experience to be able to work with municipal government. So I'm very pleased to bring you an update. Many new changes and things, exciting things have been happening at STARS. First, you may uh, look in the corner there and see that uh, after almost 40 years, we're also doing some rebranding. There was many um, learnings through the COVID years and taking those forward now so that we can find many other ways to assist rural communities with critical care beyond just helicopter response. So this is our, our way forward and a new vision for critical care anywhere. So of course STARS is fueled by generosity and we've had many <coughs> municipalities across the province for since the beginning of STARS in 1985 that continue to support STARS services. Now, government funding has been a, a key aspect. Uh, previously, since 10, 2010, we had a 10-year affiliation agreement with Alberta Health Services for 20% government funding, as you would see, meaning 80% government funding of almost 39, almost $40 million per year for about three bases in Alberta. So these are all in thousands. We've certainly seen many, many challenges especially um, during and after COVID, you know, fundraising events could not be held. We couldn't have a presence in the rural communities with our calendar campaign, trying to get those fundraising events back now after almost three years of not being able to host them. There's, there's many challenges there, as well as the fact that the mission rate has continued to increase. And, so, and now, you know, fuel costs and medical supplies and the list goes on and on. You know, we're, we're all suffering through that now with increased costs. So, we were very fortunate. Last year in the spring, Alberta Health Services had 
announced that they would be looking to move to 50% government funding for STARS in Alberta, which would also mean that that would align them with what we're already receiving from Saskatchewan and Manitoba governments. There, we have six STARS bases across Western Canada. So in Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Regina, Grand Prairie, Edmonton, and Calgary. And then we also serve the Eastern Corridor of BC. So with that in mind, towards the end of last year, the government did come through with that they would be providing 50% government funding. We're very, very grateful for that to get, have that bit more sustainability piece in place as we move forward for future generations. So currently as well, um, we are in discussions right now to hopefully finalize another long-term, possibly 10-year agreement once again. So we'll look forward to that, but at least we, we, have, we do have the 50% government funding. So on the expenditure side, on the right-hand side, you can see the orange and the blue represents aviation and medical expenditures. So more than three quarters of the pie are all aviation and medical related expenditures. The smaller piece is the emergency link center located in Calgary, that is our dispatch center that works directly with 911 dispatch, as well as our base operations and administration costs. We are at 12%. This is the fourth year in a row that we have remained at 12%. CRA allows charitable entities up to 35% for charitable entities for administration costs. So we very much feel we continue to do our due diligence in this area. And this is just to kind of show you everything that you see green is represents a municipal supporter in Alberta, uh, as well as into northeastern BC, the entire um, district of Peace River Regional District. So these municipalities continue to support STARS and recognize STARS as an essential service for their residents. Currently we have 90% of Alberta in regional partnerships. So this means also that towns within the county boundaries are also partners with their county or municipal district. So as we move forward, we've just now added three more rural and four urban supporters but they all contribute as a fixed rate or a per capita rate. Now, urban municipalities have been providing at a $2 and up per capita annually, and rurals, it's up, up to $90 per capita and everything in between. This represents a united effort. As we move forward, it's really vital that we continue to all work together in order to support a robust health and safety network for all Albertans. So currently, as a collective effort, these municipalities are generating over $2 million per year in sustainable operational support of the three bases in Alberta. So we currently, in the red boxes you see, those are municipal leaders. We have seven currently that have now moved to, they're on a standing motion. They have a significant amount as a line item in their protective services budget for STARS each year commitments ranging up to $210,000 per year. And we also have two new logo unveilings that are upcoming this spring for Sturgeon County as well as Birch Hills County. So continuing to collectively make sure that we all have every resource available. You know, if you're going to have a robust health and safety network, it really is important that you have all aspects of every resource available to your residents. 
This is Town of Peace River mission statistics from STARS as of December 31st of last year. So a good five-year overview that you can see the inter critical interfacility transfers to your hospital. This would mean that um, local ground ambulance has brought the patient to your local hospital, but it is of a critical nature, and so now STARS is called to come and take these patients either to Grand Prairie or even to Edmonton directly. And then also seeing goals within your immediate area. So giving you a good sense of quite significantly it has increased this past year. Now this is exciting information that's been 10 years in the making and we're very excited to bring this to our municipalities. So let's look on the left hand side. These represent missions. Now we could only go back as far as 2010 and it only represents missions where we had the postal code of the patient flown. No other patient information, just the postal code. So it does not represent any patients that may have been flown that we did not have their postal code. So this would show you that for Peace River specifically, those that have a Peace River postal code, in a five-year total, 27 residents have been flown since 2010, 66. And when we look at the overall area, because we all do travel, you know, commute for work or recreation, it's important to really know what's happening in your immediate area. So in, since 2010, in the immediate area, 96 residents have been flown. Now what's more interesting is on the right-hand side, these are the locations of where these residents were, had traveled and needed stars. So when you look at the bigger picture, like for some municipalities, it's across the entire Western Canada in all provinces. So very much a testament to the fact that um, your residents have access to STARS across Western Canada, and more importantly, at no cost to them. So that's part of this united effort as we move forward. In also exciting news, we have completed the fleet, so brand new fleet for STARS now, 10 Airbus H145s. Previously, the BK117 served us very well for 37 years, but also it's, it's time to move forward and have new um, technology and have that available so that we can plan for the next 30 to 40 years of service. This is an all-new five-bladed system, which provides increased lift and load capacity. It'll require less maintenance, at which in turn is going to mean increased availability of the helicopter, and of course, reduced cost. So it outperforms the previous model in speed, range, and fuel efficiency. It has the same powerful twin engines, but as you can see now in the, in the cockpit there, significant advanced avionics. I like to compare it to if we were all still driving a vehicle that's 40 years old, it does not compare to what's available to us today. Same in the helicopter world. And of course, superior safety features, including that new Fenestron enclosed tail. So no more of the exposed tail rotor that was in the back of the previous model. Also, it's very important about new upgrades and things that are in the back of the helicopter. So I wanted to bring you a bit of an insightful look into what makes it an intensive care unit environment. So let's start with the handheld iStat lab. 
So this, as you can see, is the size of a cell phone. It provides vital test results in less than two minutes while we're in the air for hemoglobin, blood gases, and electrolytes. All vital components, especially when you're running multiple pain management drugs. As well, the Hamilton T1 ventilator is a fully featured, same as what you would find in the intensive care units in the hospital, but this is specifically made for transport systems. It accommodates all sizes of patients, adult, pediatric, even neonatal. We always carry two <coughs> units of universal blood on board. We were the first helicopter EMS program in North America to bring this advancement in trauma care right on board. It makes the difference between life and death, and we have seen that over and over again. Also, night vision goggles. We were the first civilian organization in Canada more than 20 years ago now to be able to fly at night, and 50% of our calls occur at night. The video laryngoscope is an advancement in intubation. Believe me, we used it time and time again over the last two and a half years during the COVID times. Uh, because many of the COVID patients had to be intubated. So you can see that we can view on the screen. Um, there's a viewing of the trachea. This is really vital and important, especially when we are trying to manage difficult airways, such as a, a trauma patient, a burn patient, maybe someone that's been crushed on impact. You can imagine how vital it is that we can intubate immediately and for a patient that can no longer breathe for themselves. EZIO drill. Now this is only used in time-sensitive, life-threatening cases when immediate IV access is required for stabilization and pain management of a trauma patient. It's a tiny, tiny little drill. We can drill into a shoulder bone or a leg bone and start an immediate IV. You would be surprised how many times we actually have to use this particular item. Hand-pulse <coughs> ultrasound. Now this provides test results for rapid diagnosis of collapsed lungs, trauma-related internal bleeding, heart abnormalities, even fetal compromise in ill or injured pregnant mothers. So we can now expedite the treatment plans because with the new technology of the new helicopters, they're equipped with integrated Wi-Fi, uh, Bluetooth, as well as satellite connectivity. Now, once we have these test drive results, while we're en route to the receiving hospital, we can transmit the test results to the receiving doctors and they can expedite their treatment plans so that that patient, as soon as they arrive, can go directly into trauma surgery, cardiac cath lab, whatever the case may be that that patient requires. And of course, we carry a plethora of pain management drugs, as well as the thrombolytics for stroke patients, which would require a CAT scanner. We um, have agreements, including with your hospital, for all hospitals that have CAT scanners so that we can notify the closest hospital, let them know that we have a query stroke on board and that we are coming directly so that we can have, the, have them CAT scan to determine whether or not we're able to, to use the thrombolytic drugs. 20 to 25% of our calls also require that a transport physician would come along not to scene calls, but when there, we need to have physician-to-physician -physician consultation with the rural hospitals, like Peace River Hospital, for example. So we carry a physician's kit, which also has the central venous catheterization lines, as well as a temporary pacemaker, in case we may need to insert a temporary pacemaker in order to stabilize a heart patient 
while en route to the cardiac cath lab. This is also very exciting brand new news, just happened at the end of October last year. So there is an international worldwide air medical transport conference each year. And STARS has been participating for 20 years. We host our own internal competitions against all of our other uh, teammates and crew members to allow one team of two out of all the STARS bases to represent STARS internationally each year at this particular simulation competition. In the 20 years that we have, that we have um, participated, we have placed in the top three every single year. This is internationally. Last year, we're very proud that our team from Saskatoon base won the competition. This makes the seventh time in those 20 years that STARS has won first place internationally. We're very proud of the fact that we are bringing to the residents that we serve the highest level of critical care. And in closing, we want to thank you very much for your time. Thank you for previously, your council has been a partner with STARS since 2013. Um, we would like very much to have your partnership once again. We have flown more than 50,000 missions now, and more importantly, at no cost to the patient, continuing to strive to, to maintain our charitable model. We invite the town of Peace River to join your municipal neighbors that I showed you on that sea of green map in partnership and help us to continue to ensure a health and safety network for all across Western Canada. So our request is asking for your consideration along with the municipal partners in, across the province at a minimum $2 per capita rate asking for you for the next three years in conjunction with your council term. A life is saved every day. It's been saved every day for almost 40 years, and it's because of partnership. Partnership has made it possible, and we welcome your kind consideration to become partner with STARS once again. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. It's uh, definitely a very uh, worthwhile um, uh, company, I'll call it, to society, I guess. Um, counselors, do you have some questions of the presenter? Yes. Councilor Carr? <coughs> you, you had indicated that you guys will fly patients from the Peace River Hospital to Grand Prairie or Edmonton. Or is how how would you do that as opposed to uh, Canwest Air with the airplane? Like I'm just I, I thought you guys picked up like uh, not necessarily at hospitals, but out on sites and then flew them to hospitals. Like is that not a duplicate of, of services? Like I'm, I'm just curious. Um, there is card set with 911 dispatch, and certain calls per. Um, point directly to, you know, there's, they'll ask different questions. Was it a head-on collision? Was someone ejected from the vehicle? These types of things. For scene calls, certain um, criteria points directly to a STARS call. Now, we do things different in the north than we do in the other areas because central and southern Alberta, Alberta have um, 
four um, ground ambulance bays locations throughout that we do not have in the northern regions. So up north, we're simultaneously dispatched with ground. If it is, seems to be of a critical nature or there is certain criteria that points to a STARS launch, then depending on who arrives first, we'll assess the situation and then let the other one know that they can go back and be available. So more times than not, when ground ambulance, you know, it's lots of times we arrive first and we can assess the situation. You can have ground ambulance continue to come if it is not of a critical nature. If it is, then we can allow them to be available for the next call and, and they will turn around and, and be ready for the next call that comes in. Sometimes, you know, it's simultaneous, you know, because sometimes calls do happen all at the same time and there needs to be a judgment. That's where the physicians have, make all the determining factors. STARS transport physicians are now taking a shift in the emergency link center. This was originally a pilot project during the COVID times, but it proven over and over again to be so vital that now it is set in stone that they are taking a shift in the emergency link center. So this way then, they determine what is the best method of transport for any patient that's critical regardless if they are maybe going by Penn West, Alberta Health Services, fixed wing, ground ambulance, or STARS, they will determine what is best. You know, it's important to remember, yes, for the most part, um, fixed wing is faster from A to B, but you do have to require that you have a, land, um, a, a runway there is a transfer then from ground ambulance, which can be 45 minutes or more from the, um, the international airport to one of the hospitals. So when STARS can land at all of the hospitals in, now in Edmonton, right at the hospital on the helipad, then that alleviates that transport. And so sometimes it does change what the decision making is for a patient and now with you know, these other vital aspects of being able to transmit the test results and things while en route, then the receiving hospitals can already be prepared for that patient as well. So there's many factors there, you know, and sometimes, you know, we may be out on missions. Sometimes as we are starting to see, you know, there are many challenges with Alberta Health Services as well for ground ambulance response as well as fixed wing sometimes maybe they're not available that's why I'm just saying it's so important that all our residents have access to every resource that's available and then you know the physicians make the determining factors for what's best for the patients do you have to be a contributing uh, partner to have access to this service no this is just more, it's been a, a partnership across the province since 1985. And, and I'm just curious, AHS doesn't contribute to any? Of yes, that's the 50% funding. Okay. It's a block funding, uh, and we're finalizing <coughs> an affiliation agreement. Like previously, we had 10-year affiliation agreement. We have 10-year affiliation agreement with Saskatchewan and Manitoba Health as well. So we're just finalizing that we will be hopeful to have another long-term service agreement, but in the meantime, they have approved and um, that they will be making 50% government funding. So that's block funding, no matter how many missions we fly, it's block funding from them. So it's, you know, just moving forward, 
even with our municipal partnerships, is very much just a united effort to ensure that we continue to have this available for our children and our grandchildren. So you mentioned that um, sometimes you'll call, say, the Peace River Hospital because it can do CAT scans. Mm -hmm. So the helicopter could be flying around <laughs> and you would suddenly decide it needs a CAT scan. So it, the helicopter would land at the airport, get on a ground ambulance to the hospital, do the CAT scan, ground ambulance back to the helicopter perhaps. And um, is that our how it works? or? Well, our crews would lots of times will go with ground ambulance to the hospital. So, and we are also assisting ground ambulance now, like we're sometimes if we're not able to fly for whatever reason, then we're going by ground ambulance with our crews and the critical care side of things, right? And, and they can just pull off each bag of whatever they may need. Everything is transportable in the helicopter. We've also taken, gone with patients to Edmonton on fixed wing. So this is just now expanding more that we can work close, more closely with Alberta Health Services, provide critical care in many, many different forms and <coughs> methods of transport, as well as with the transport physicians now taking the shift in the link center, we can even have virtual care with say Peace River Hospital and your physicians and nurses where we can FaceTime and actually see a patient that you know they they're treating and give guidance for procedures or any kind of critical care guidance that may be needed so it's um, really we're opening up the doors in many ways to assist each other for the best in critical care thank you any further uh, questions well thank you very much for your presentation and um, i think um, these presentations tonight are helping with our budget dis deliberations uh, later this, uh, well, year. So yes. Thank you. So have a safe trip back home, and uh, thank you again. Thank you very much. I did bring you a um, brand new calendar for your office. Okay. And the latest in the news, um, the Horizons newsletter. There's lots of really valuable information in here, but one that we're very proud of is on the back, the record mission in STARS history and it was flown by the Grand Prairie Base. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll look forward to reading that. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Again. Okay, our next uh, presentation is the Town of Peace River Economic Development Committee. And if you want to come forward and perhaps say your names for the record. And we'll see what you have on your screen on our monitors here. <clears throat> so thanks for having us. I'm Lane Gardner, I'm the chair of the Economic Development Committee. Some of our other members are here, um, Gail, Benji, and Brandon are with us as well. So, um, so on the screen here, we have our, our 2023 uh, work plan. So last time I was with you guys, we presented our 2022 work plan, got our committee going and uh, off to a running start. 2023, we felt that our work plan the, the main five points fit. We uh, obviously added some additions, some things that we were working on in 2022 we completed. Uh, at the bottom of the page you'll see the uh, operational actions, uh, the responsibilities on the left hand side belong to the members of the committee, on the right hand side uh, town staff, um, and they've, we've broken them down there, some of the things that we're focusing on. Um, so I would say that for 2022 we didn't have a long time 
um, but I would think that the committee was able to accomplish, obviously, these strategies. Uh, we were able to accomplish uh, job fair. We were able to accomplish uh, some of the things that we were working on. Some of the things you can't uh, necessarily put a, a definitive uh, win on. Um, obviously, changing the narrative, uh, some of the tourism <coughs> aspects that we're working on, some of those things. So, of course, it's uh, not always easy to present a full tangible to you guys, but um, I, I would hope that as councillors and mayor, the word on the street and or at your coffee shop meetings and or meetings with the members of the town uh, that you're hearing positivity and, and a change for the better, which is what the whole goal from, from us and for you guys was. Um, the, is there a second page here? Oh yeah, okay, so, this, so the next page is obviously the, the monetary ask for 2023, so obviously we generated a budget based on the things that we're going to be working on. So these two obviously work together and, and they're relatively straightforward. So if everybody recalls last year we received a uh, $20,000 budget um, for the couple of months that we had to, to work on. So. In terms of uh, the 12-month uh, calendar year, the ask isn't really astronomical considering the amount of time that we're going to be having to work on things. Um, you'll see on the on the budget, working on this, uh, feasibility studies and strategic plans. So obviously, um, you know it's important for us to to be able to identify the opportunities. Um, we all have great ideas and we all have ideas of opportunities, but we do need people with expertise that are able to. Uh, redirect those loose energies into a more focused uh, attack on things that we need to work on. Um, different uh, uh, summits and some travel for different um, um, economic conferences and things like that. I'm not entirely certain of the town's participation in the past, but I don't know that the participation level has maybe been at the level that we're looking to do that at going forward. Obvious reasons, you can't make things happen when you're sitting somewhere just hoping for it to happen. You actually have to be physically present to do so. So obviously our, our um, intent is that this year we'll be attending a lot more um, things to try to get the word out that you know Peace River is a place to do business in, that we are open for business, that there's opportunities in Peace River and, and um, and working on those things. Um, with that, going further down, marketing activities. Obviously, you know, you have to. We have to make sure that the word's getting out that we are doing those those things. It's good to get to the conferences to meet people and to, to network. But at the same time, we do, do need to make sure that uh, you know the public in general knows that Peace River is a place that's open for business, and, and our council and, and mayor are certainly open for business as well. Um, hopefully, going forward, we'll continue to do the job fair. We know that that was well received by the business community. Um, they were very happy that we did it. So obviously, there's a demand for it in the community. So we'll continue to do that. Um, trade show, um, you know, some of these things will we'll partner with the Chamber of Commerce. So we've been working with them to try to kind of utilize the synergies between the two organizations so that we're not uh, duplicating and overlapping each other. So we'll continue to work on that. Um, and then general economic development, special projects. I think that was just kind of a general catch-all uh, for things that maybe didn't quite fit in the, in the previous categories. Um, so overall, I think that our group's pretty excited. We've done a lot of stuff. We've been working with, uh, you know, anything, that, anything and everything we've been trying to kind of be part of. And we've been working with, uh, with the, uh, um, sorry, SEPTED, right? That's the, is that the, I can't think of the acronym exactly. Yeah. But anyways, everybody knows what I mean. Uh, you know, obviously working with, uh, with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, partnering with, you know, we, we had Sagatawa come and present to us. We, you know, just working with any organization that we can so that we're making sure that we're not missing any avenue. And, uh, and trying to utilize uh, the tools that already exist, so again, that we aren't overlapping. So, um, unless my crew feels like I missed something, 
I don't think I did. And we didn't have it in the budget to do a fancy uh, PowerPoint, so next year, perhaps <laughs> not a lie, but yeah, next year maybe. Uh, that's, that's under the general economic. That's, that's where that one falls in, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so that's, uh, in a nutshell, that's the, the gist of what we're working on, what we plan to do going forward. And um, I guess if there's any questions, we'd be, I'd be happy to try to answer them. Councillors, any questions? Yes, Councillor. What are you uh, most excited about on this plan? What am I most excited yeah. about? I, I think some of the things that maybe haven't been done in Peace River, you know, we're looking at uh, trying to get some uh, exposure with the film industry, you know, kind of identify some opportunities there, um, just different things like that. I, I, some of the stuff is, is um, doesn't seem very exciting, but I mean, again, that's something that doesn't happen in Peace River very often. I mean, we have a fantastic backdrop. Why is that stuff not happening here? Why is it always down south in Calgary and things like that? So you know, things that we're going to explore. I think, too, just, uh, and this is just me speaking, because of course you could ask my colleagues and they would probably tell you different things. I think just, um, again, working on some of the things that maybe people haven't worked on for a long time. We, we don't have an economic development officer. And so, of course, just pursuing the opportunities. I mean, it's kind of exciting to, to think about going to different things and meeting some of these people and trying to actually get them to come here to Peace River. Obviously everybody knows what I do for a living, so this is something that I do do, so that excites me just in general. So to be able to actually do it on a little bigger scale is to me kind of exciting. And again, that's just me speaking personally. My colleagues might have a different answer for that. Thank you. Councillor Good. So more for clarity than anything else. Um, so the, the budget we gave you last time was twenty thousand dollars. Was it correct, roughly? That's correct. Part, yep. And you're looking for eighty-two thousand. That's right. From the town. That's correct. Okay. What is that? What is the makeup of the of the projects that you're doing on the? Is there any contribution of this from the chamber to these projects on the chamber of commerce or the chamber itself? And what would be the mix? So like the stars gave us, where we get this much from here, and this much from here, and this much from here. Um, is there a partnership with the chamber where the chamber is contributing to some of these things? So that conversation is ongoing. Um, so we have had that conversation and certainly that will continue going forward. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously the, if we're going to be partnering with them and they're going to be reaping the benefit, let's, for lack of a better term, of some of the things that we're doing, it wouldn't be unfair for the chamber to have some monetary contribution to this. Nothing official, but of course that is something that is, is, is ongoing. Yeah, I just wanted to, because it's been that sort of a plus or minus, so I just wanted to know this, the ask is the 82,000 plus roughly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, thank you guys for all the work you've been doing. I'm serious. I mean, I'm, I guess I can talk when I'm just hearing the question. <laughs> I saw the, the post on, on Facebook with the two of you. It was like one of the nicest shots of business downtown that I've seen in, in years. And I look at every time I look at it, I think, I don't think you could have come up with a better picture of two people walking downtown, discussing business in the community and representing it. I mean, it really, I look at it more than once and it's impressed me more than once. And that doesn't happen all the time with just a picture on a Facebook post. So, thank you very much. Other councillors? Sure, I'll take a stab at it. So, um, I like the, uh, 
feasibility study of meat processing plant one in particular. I was chatting with my folks the other day, and after H&M Meats closed down in Grand Prairie, they've been really <laughs> getting nods from the crowd. Good. They've uh, they've been like super disappointed because that's where they got their bologna and breakfast sausage and other things. So like, it's it's great to see that happen. I see you've got to, you know some some more feasibility studies. Do you mind if I if I if I poke about, like, what are some other ones that you maybe have in mind for, for some feasibility studies? Just what? satisfy my curiosity, perhaps. So, uh, specifically, I don't know. I mean, we're working right now on um, applying for a grant, and the, and the information or the idea behind the grant would be for us to do a study that would give us um, an idea as to, I mean, again, we it's always a tough thing chicken and egg, right? We, we all know opportunities that exist in Peace River, but sometimes it doesn't really work that Lane has this idea and Byron has this idea and, you know, it just, we have to be a little bit more uh, focused on that. And so some of those things, that's what it would be. The, the marketing Peace River a little bit more, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, Northern Hub. Yeah. Well, uh, Northern Hub is a term we're using a lot internally in our organization. Thank you. Um, just as, you know, again, this marketing is as such. I mean, we already know that we're a Northern Hub, but I mean, is, does people, do people outside of Peace River and area know that maybe we really are a Northern Hub? Is there an opportunity to reach out to entities, businesses, things like that, that, that don't really realize the potential that exists here? So those are gonna be some of the things that I think that we'll see with feasibility studies or, or studies just kind of taking us in that direction and better marketing and getting us that exposure that we need so people can actually identify that Peace River has this available, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to, to piggyback on, on Councillor Good's earlier comment, I mean, you know, if you have one individual who is an economic development officer and they're, you know, up to generating their own ideas just by themselves, and one thing that, you know, we find around this group here is when we put our heads together, the wisdom of the group is, is, is you know, able to accomplish a lot more than, than what just one of us can have. And so seeing you guys together and putting your heads together and 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 you know, like you say, you have one, you have you have other ideas, but you have to bounce them off each other, and through those you know synergies of thought, coming up with what's what most likely is going to be better than anyone on their own is is really exciting to see too. So, yeah. congrats and kudos, and much appreciated on the time you're putting into it. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? Well, uh, my question has to do with um, you started uh, in 2022. And uh, if you were to start over again, is there something that the group would do differently? The land where they have, or what? So I think that I think that we could have channeled our energies a little better, right? You, you, we, we were all very eager. We just want to get out and go. Just let us go. Um, and I think that sometimes we want to be all things to all people. And I think sometimes you you realize that you can't be all things to all people. Um, I think that um, we also struggled a little bit with, um, and zero disrespect meant, but the processes of the town and the kind of the, the uh, I own a business, I, and I mean, I do business planning, but I appreciate what we have to do and I get it. And I think that was a difficult bit for us that kind of, suck the window to the sales because We just wanted to just, okay, good, let's go, and we can go. And so it was a learning process. And so I think that um, I think that perhaps, yeah, maybe just bringing in our energies a little bit and and, uh, and maybe and focusing them a little bit more might have been a little bit more useful. But again, that's just my personal observation on it. They might have different uh, thoughts or opinions on it, but anyway. Well, 
Well, good. Um, uh, personally, I think you've come a long, a long way, and there's lots of ideas here, and definitely from this kind of list, it looks like a lot of thought has gone into how to get to certain uh, uh, points in the future, I guess that's what I would say, including uh, some learning curves with these conferences and whatnot. So thank you and your group for all the time that you put in. I realize there's a lot of behind the scenes that happens before you land at a meeting and get to talk about a few things. Yep. So thank you and uh, best of luck in 2023. Perfect, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so our next um, Presentation is the Shell Rotary House presentation. And again, if you would just come forward and uh, announce your names and start when you're ready. And again, we do have your presentation. Have a seat. Thank you. So, Council, uh, Your Worship, Council members, and uh, Council support. Uh, uh, we're here to talk a bit about uh, Peace River Shell Rotary House. I'm the uh, chair of the uh, governing body. Uh, we have a five-member uh, board that, uh, that uh, directs this house. And uh, taken uh, with me are our, our uh, property manager, uh, Crystal Owen. And uh, she's prepared this presentation, and we just kind of reviewed it quickly this afternoon. But if you want to, do I move the slides? You move the slides. <laughs> His name's Richard Rowe, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not Richard, but I think I know most everyone in the room. So, um, yeah, we were too. It's kind of hard to do a big presentation about something that we're doing there. Um, so we kind of just went through a brief. Uh, we still have a lot of people in the community that don't realize what the Rotary House is and what it does and where it is. Um, so we just kind of went through a description there. I'm not going to go through and read everything out, but it's just the idea of what the house is. So it's two levels and there's rooms on both floors. Um, with upstairs is AHS, so doctors and nurses, and then downstairs is uh, set up for the public. Um, so if there's somebody in long-term care or emergency or anything like that, then families can stay downstairs. Um, and then they have, uh, a lot of people ask, because we get a little bit of confusion, because Grand Prairie has a rotary house, and there it's a shelter. So a lot of times I get phone calls from the women's shelter, and so that doesn't quite work out for us, but I explain it that it's like a Ronald McDonald house. It's very similar to what this is. Um, so then our mission uh, is to provide safe, uh, convenient, safe, secure, and affordable short-term accommodations for the public and the medical professionals that need to access the regional health center complex in Peace River. Uh, and our vision is the Peace River and area, or is that Peace River and area residents have access to all the best possible medical care, which is readily available to all. Um, so the society, so we haven't really had a whole lot of time without COVID. So we don't have a lot of like really good data. Uh, we opened in October of 2018. Uh, then the next year it was, we had medical students and stuff like that that just kind of came in, stayed, found all the quirks and kinks of the buildings and, and stuff like that. Um, and then when we actually opened it to the public and stuff like that, then it wasn't long before COVID took over. So um, these are just some of the pictures of the house and our floor plans and then what it looks like outside. Um, so some of the changes that were made from possibly some of these pictures were just uh, the downstairs rooms still do have the same two bedroom or two beds. 
upstairs we realized that it was usually a single person so we took out the one bed and have a couch in there and a table so that they have a little bit more sitting space um, in the downstairs living room and the upstairs living room now we should just make a point here uh, I think most of you have been at the uh, at the openings we, we had a, an open house but for the could be a couple here that may not have made that, that particular opening. The upstairs and the downstairs each have a, a kitchen, and the kitchen is, as you can see in the far right one, is compartmentalized. Uh, so there's four suites, and they each have their own lockers for uh, for food and, and whatnot in the, in the kitchen. And the same with the, the kitchen upstairs. Now the upstairs kitchen is, uh, you know, the health support, uh, uh, basically Alberta Health and. and uh, nurses and doctors. Uh, downstairs is the public support, uh, the public area, although we are overlapping. We are putting uh, uh, health support people downstairs as well, um, because that just happens to be where the plant is, and we'll come to that later. Um, so these were just some of our struggles. So 2020, we were hoping was gonna be our good data year to be able to see how much it was actually being used, um, but COVID really, Put a damper on that so we actually had to officially shut down to the public on april 30th um so what we did was any overflow because then that was getting more of a demand where people had to either isolate or whichever was going on so we were getting more and more doctors and nurses coming in uh, so we opened up the downstairs to uh, medical uh, uh, staff um, we ended up, uh, there was a lot of protocols because we had to kind of follow the whole same thing of as hotels and stuff. Um, we added a lot of extra cleaning and a lot of extra hours. Um, every time there was more than one person in the house, every single day we had to go in and <coughs> sanitize high touch surfaces. Um, so yeah, from about yeah April to December, it was a, roughly about eighty or $8,000 extra with cleaning costs and labor. Um, we were able to open up again November 9th. Um, unfortunately, not everything else opened up then, so we still didn't get a whole lot of the publics um, in, uh, coming in. It was still mainly with the medical. You have to admit there was a lot of confusion uh, in, that, in that period of time, and, and people just didn't know what was open and what wasn't, and some asked, and most didn't. So occupancy rates, uh, 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 Crystal's prepared the occupancy rates here for, for 2020, 21, and 22. I'll let her go through these details because she knows them. Yeah, and so we won't go through like too much. Like you can see sometimes we had uh, 100 and some days, so that, that's between the four rooms. Um, and then other day, other months uh, downstairs, like we had none. We just didn't need the overflow. Lots of times upstairs uh, in, the end of 2020 into 2021, uh, we had one doctor that was up there for 13 months. So there's not a lot of in and out when it's just the same person, right? Um, and so what I did with here, so this is 2020, 2021, um, there are really not a whole lot to compare with looking at them all, they're always different. And then 2022, I was trying to see if there was any kind of a, a pattern and really, so what I did here was the comparison of the entire house. So that, um, so in January 2020, 66% utilization of the whole house, so all eight rooms. Um, and yeah, they're really, it's all over the place. There's really nothing that's showing that there's a pattern yet. Um, I, I have noticed that we definitely have a lot more 
Um, not necessarily occupancy differences, but a lot more ins and outs uh, in the fall. So around Christmas time and stuff like that, a lot more people taking holidays. So we have the locum doctors coming in and stuff like that. So we have a lot of ins and outs um, in November, November, December, January. There's a lot of ins and outs. Um, so things that have changed. So COVID-19 is still affecting a lot of surgeries and medical services. Um, so <coughs> I have been here since 2020 and I think I've had four public bookings. So we just don't, and it's not that, like we're just not getting the phone calls either. Um, we have mailed out packages to all of our surrounding hospitals um, and health centers with uh, business cards, pamphlets, posters. Um, so people are very much, should be aware that we're here and what we do. Um, but a lot of people just aren't coming in. Uh, the bookings that we've had have been mostly um, somebody that's at the end of life and they're bringing family in from out of town to come stay. Um, so that's how it's been for the most part. Um, other than that, because of COVID and everything else, we've kept the downstairs floor open to the medical staff. So now we have pharmacists, x-ray, lab techs. Um, they're all just under the understanding that if I do get a public booking, they're bumped and they're fully fine with that because they'd be staying in a hotel anyway. So they're, they're all good with that. Um, and we just try to keep it as full as we can so it's not just an empty house. So we, we always are looking, <laughs> there's always seems to be spots needed filling with, uh, whether it's uh, EMRs or doctors or nurses or uh, in long-term care or wherever. So we're just kind of filling them in where we can. Um, these are just some of the thank you notes that we have. So uh, Dr. Welsh, she's a, a regular and he likes to phone and give me hockey updates and all sorts of good stuff. So we, we've got pretty close over the years. Um, and this was an, a family that um, their their relative was at uh, end of life. So they ended up booking three rooms for almost a week to come and spend time with their family member. And he's passed away in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And actually there was one, I didn't, uh, I don't have it on there, but it was, I think it was the uh, 2021 uh, Christmas we actually had no medical staff downstairs and there was a lady that was at her end of her life at the hospital uh, The family asked they're like, can we rent the whole floor? I'm like sure so we did a discounted rate They rented the whole floor. They actually had the ambulance pick up their mom nice. bring her over there um, She said that was the first time in seven years. She got to spend the night with her husband so and she actually passed away New Year's Eve, so it was It was good um, so these are Kind of our financials. I haven't had a chance to go through our whole 2022 quite yet, um, but that's about our rough costs uh, for running. So we have go auto funding of fifty thousand a year, which runs out as next year. So or sorry, this year, 2023 is our last year of the fifty thousand that we will get from go auto. Um, we charge the seventy five per night for public. Like I said, there hasn't been a lot of that. The $50 a night, um, this is only for the downstairs floors. The upstairs floors are all sponsored, so nobody pays to stay up there. You have to be an Alberta Health Services worker to be up there, um, and those rooms are sponsored. Now, there's, there's a point here that we'll make, uh, we need to explore with Alberta Health, uh, expanding uh, what, the, what they mean by the, the staff that they will uh, accommodate under their program, because at the, at the point right now, it's, uh, uh, and it always has been is uh, specifically doctors and nurses whereas there are a number of other Alberta Health employees uh, that 
should be included um, simply because they're, 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 they're creating bottlenecks by not being included. Uh, we'll be pursuing that in, in, in this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we on the medical floors upstairs, uh, we bring in uh, about 3,500 and it costs roughly 8,500 to run the Rotary House. So uh, once right now with that Go Auto funding, we're okay because then it's, we also, it, it's so hard to gauge with our funding of who comes in because it can be, so, like I said, some months we have zero <laughs> downstairs and some months we're at 66%. Um, and depending on to, like there was one instance and that's where it would be nice to have that buffer. Um, I, like it was a phone call at 3.30 in the morning. It was a, an accident and a, a mom and a kid needed somewhere to stay because dad was in the hospital. I'm not charging them. Like it was, it was one night and they had enough to worry about. So it was just, I went in and then they left the next day. And so it's nice to be able to have that flexibility with that, um, with still being able to charge uh, for family, like the families that were at the end of uh, life care and stuff, they were fully fine with it because they were looking at more the convenience of it. It wasn't so much the cost. So they were good paying their 75. Um, the 50 for the medical staff, we try to keep it low because if they can, if there's the room upstairs, they wouldn't pay at all. So then this way, it's still not a lot out of their pocket because some of the, the staff that come up here, so EMRs and the EMT workers and stuff, they have to pay out of pocket when they come <coughs> up to work. And so for a lot of them, that's kind of why we're short sometimes because they don't want to pay a hundred and some dollars a night to stay at a hotel room when it comes up their pocket, right? Um, so right now we do still have some of the restrictions. Um, and it's not even so much restrictions, it can even be more of people are still weary of it and they're just not too sure if they want to be traveling out or trusting of what's going on in the community. So um, we are going to look at more ways of getting the Rotary House known. Um, it, it's hard when we can't just kind of bring people in whenever we want and, and show it off that way. So it, it will be finding some creative ways. Um, but we will be looking at some other sponsorship, sponsorship for the building. Um, and just kind of figuring out how to make it work now that COVID's kind of mostly off the, off the burner for, for us being able to do stuff. We can actually venture out and make some plans. There's some, ob and there, and there's some obvious uh, things that uh, COVID affects, but there's some things that aren't so obvious and show up later. We had a, a room upstairs that we had to uh, cut off, what, November, December, January? October, November, December. Yes, uh, with a broken window, and, and you couldn't get a replacement window. Yeah. It's just, that's how long it took to get a replacement window. That's um, crazy. So that's a little frustrating in, 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 ter in terms of uh, generating revenue, but it's, it's not anything that no one else is not dealing with in their, their own enterprises or, or, or endeavors as well. Um, so I think that was all I had on here. And so when it came to uh, like an ask, so right now um, the town puts in a thousand dollars a month and the county. Um, so I guess like I kind of I think actually we do two thousand a month. The town. It comes from the town, but I think a thousand of it goes. Oh, okay. we actually don't have anything on paper. <laughs> so when I was looking, time to do that, I guess. It's twenty-four thousand a year. Yes. Yeah, um, so yeah, we would just say, if anything, we would definitely like to keep our ask the same. Um, of course, we would always like more, <laughs> there would always be, uh, we could always use more. Um, 
but uh, definitely if we can keep it the same, that would be appreciated for sure. Um, no. Uh, uh, before we leave, uh, do you have a copy of that agreement? <laughs> And Min might be in search mode. Yeah, I've been digging through and I haven't found anything because when I got the email that said about um, something was talked about 2018, but we don't have anything. I'm like, oh, you've been giving us money since then, but I don't have anything on paper. But all I can think of is uh, Dave Van Tamlin, whatever he might know or yeah. something, because he was one of the original ones, right, on the society to yeah. help with this. Okay. Any questions? Is that strictly HS stuff that you're housing there, or the uh, the fill-in pharmacists and stuff like that from the, the drugstores and stuff as well? Yeah, so I did drop off um, information at all the drugstores. Uh, right now, we only have one that utilizes it, um, and they just kind of give me a monthly list, and they same thing. They realize if we don't have room, we don't have room. Um, but for them, it's been nice too, because then it's it's closer. It's still not con super convenient. A lot of the staff that come in for uh, that pharmacy walk, so it's a little bit closer for them rather than being on the other side of the bridge or something like that. So, uh, yeah, one utilizes it quite a bit. Um, lab techs, um, any kind of tech, pretty much. <laughs> we got. I have a lady that comes in quite regularly from Ontario and one from New Brunswick that are here every other month. So. I would also recommend contacting the mill and shut down. We bring paramedics in. I actually had somebody reach out to me from them at the at one time, but it wasn't a paramedic. <laughs> it was just a worker, and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Any uh, plans on rebranding the name? Getting Shell out of there? It, it will come up. <laughs> yeah, it will come up. It was a 10-year agreement, yeah. so uh, uh, it, 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 it has an end date. Mm -hmm. Other questions? Not for good. Um, I'm trying to think of like your your competitors. You know who are your competitors? My, my, would you would you feel that the hotels are right now for like you talk about people coming in, their families are in the hospital or something like that? <clears throat> Do you think people are ending up in the hotels and not ending up in at at your facility? And not for any reason other than they look for Peace River hotels. I, I, I think there's some of that. Uh, uh, I, I don't think we have a high enough profile in, in uh, you know, for example, uh, uh, this is a maternity hospital, and, and uh, there are communities out there that, uh, that are, of course, having a lot of maternity going on, and, and uh, uh, we've had some of that, and it goes in spurts, but I don't. I think COVID just kind of took everything off the table. Just we just don't exist because of COVID. Uh, I think we're at that point right now. Once we get through this winter and the, and the, the pile of respiratory diseases that, that are coming in behind COVID, uh, that we'll, we'll get to some place where there's some normalcy and 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 uh, we'll, we'll you know we'll have a different level of exposure then. But until we get through this winter, I don't see that changing at all. Next question, just um, if the Go Auto funding ends, 
you're getting roughly because of what I'm taking a look at is you're getting roughly $3,500 in and you're running into a $5,000 deficit. Yeah. That $5,000 is the go out of funding at this point. Yes. So if that uh, leaves or vacates, then you're in um, a, a tenuous position? Uh, we are. Uh, we uh, we uh, will be dealing with that in the next year. We're looking for the other sources of funding. Uh, I think we ended that, uh, that slideshow on, on a to, to watch for other other programs coming forward in the future, um, we're we're dealing with that now. Thank you. The, the the rooms on the top floor you said are for doctors and nurses and so on. Do we bill we as in you guys? Do you bill AHS for for those people staying there? You do. Well, they they actually they. That's the other, so the town gets the 2,000 and the other 15 comes from AHS, and that covers those upstairs ones. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Now, our agreement with AHS is, is uh, doctors and nurses. We want to expand that yeah. because there, there are, there's a, a glaring need for a number of other AHS positions yeah. to be housed there, and, and so that's one of the things we'll be pursuing. Not a question, just a spitball kind of thing, I suppose, but without as much goop as um, the possibility of perhaps advertising on Airbnb or something of that regard. Just, just thinking like, if I'm coming to Peach River or I'm required to come to Peach River for medical care, what's, what's the first thing I'm going to do to find a place to stay? And, and, and I'm thinking, well, what would I do? And that might be on, you know, on the list of. I would suspect there's probably a lot of other people from, say, your uh, communities that have uh, high maternity rates coming in would probably just crash with family or, you know, that kind of thing. But if this would be an option, that might be certainly a lot less stressful in a lot of regards in terms of space for them. But that's the only thing that's on my mind about it. And, and the other thing to add is uh, thank you so much for your dedication and your work for I'll add a, a comment on, on, on that. We did get a, a very complimentary letter from a, a family in Manning uh, because this this was close and this fit their needs and uh, uh, there was a particularly difficult uh, uh, birth and, and uh, so we, we we know it's out there. It just needs to be expanded on. That's all. Promoted. Now, I understand that Northern Lakes College. Um, in uh, some of their um, nursing type programs sometimes has um, a few students that are able to be placed at Peace River Hospital for part of their training. So I don't know if that would be another uh, source of... Uh, we, we get them already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. a lot of the students come and stay with, with us. Yeah. Actually, the first uh, couple months that we ran uh, before we officially opened, uh, we ran uh, a number of students through there and, and they found the, the plumbing that didn't work and, and a few of the other things. We, and and we, we made a complimentary for the first three months just so that we could find out where things didn't work. It was a new building and, and uh, we're, we're kind of glad we did that because there was, there was some things that were troublesome. Well, I know on the, the Healthcare Attraction Retention Committee, um, it's, um, I think well used on that aspect in terms of getting the locums to come to Peace River, which then relieves the doctors who then might stay longer because they do have some time off or time downtime, I guess, sort of thing. 
So it will be interesting if um, AHS uh, does expand their list of uh, possible medical uh, peoples, however they're defined. Um, you did say that you had some um, pharmacy kind of locums that come for the drugstores, I, I guess, right? but they have to pay their whole way unless the drugstore does. Well, this one, yeah, the drugstore themselves pays for it. So then, uh, yeah, they pay to bring them in. So yeah, we just do the $50 a night for them too because yeah. it's yeah. a need in the community too, yeah. so. Yeah. And closing one room probably doesn't really do anything. Saying we're never opening one room is well, yeah, and like for the most part, they keep it pretty full, but yeah. there's been times where I'm like, oh, there's nobody there this week, and I can squeeze yeah. somebody. And a lot of times when I have to turn somebody away, it's just because we're full, or the dates overlap and it just doesn't work out, or they want to bring their cat. That seems to be a thing, too. <laughs> so I'm like, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Aren't you glad the crystal was here? You get all the Yeah, yeah. get the, the nuances of the situation. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much, and good luck with your uh, fundraising, and um, never know who might want to put their name up on the board instead of the one you have right now. <laughs> so thank okay. you. Thank you. Councillors, do you want to take a quick break right now, or do you want to go through the next item and then have a break? Break? Okay. So. How about about six minutes then? Six ten, you're back here. <laughs> okay, our next item uh, bylaws. So we have the Town of Peace River Utility Services Bylaw 2125, and CAO Miller is. Thank you. Where did I get this? Thank you, Wisha. Just gotta get organized here. Sorry. So before the item before you, as you mentioned, is seeking first reading of two of the draft bylaws to, um, one is the draft utility rate bylaw, and the second one would be a draft um, of the bylaw that outlines and governs the services provided through our utility department. So just to begin with, sorry, in 2022, as you all remember, council, you all made the bold move forward towards a full cost recovery model for your utility rates. And it was bold because it significantly increased rates, but it was absolutely necessary because as everybody knows, um, our utility reserves are significantly underfunded. So full cost recovery um, is necessary to ensure that the funding is sufficient to sustain the system indefinitely. And full cost recovery implies or means that we recover costs for operating and the servicing of the debts. It um, provides a provision in there for um, unplanned or emergent uh, circumstances. And it should provide a provision to save for future capital needs. So congrats on making that big move. Um, so what I can say is that now that Council has moved in that direction. Um, the utility rate model that was created to determine the rates and moving forward for future rates needs um, a little bit more refinement. And each year, we will always have to look at the utility rate model um, and update it with the um, annual adjust, make annual adjustments for the actual costs, and to validate any assumptions that were used in the model to um, calculate the rates. And assumptions are 
um, mostly or largely on the current year's revenues we estimate and costs and then the assumptions of what future capital will be. So one of the key components in creating a utility rate model includes an asset management plan and we are working on that asset management plan but it's not complete. And similarly, the plan, the utility rate model, while it was a great start to get council in the right direction, um, it does need some refinement. And because of that, um, at this time, we're just asking to maintain the direction that council is going, but rather than seek the rates of the utility rate model, we wanted to bring forward a flat 5% increase to the utility rates to continue going in the right direction and allow us time to refine the utility rate model to make sure that what we're predicting is accurate, is enough, and then if we find moving forward that the utility rate model says we need to go quite a bit larger since we've already incurred some significant increases, um, then we would be looking for developing a plan over a period of time to get us there that would align with our three-year future three-year operating plan that will also come forward. So the goal is to have a, an annual budget, a three-year operating plan, and a three-year um, utility rate bylaw plan that matches the operating plan so everybody knows moving forward in the next few years what we can expect for utility costs and um, utility rates. So that's one part of the discussion. The second discussion is our existing utility bylaw is all structured into one bylaw, one, and it's kind of confusing. It, it includes all of the guidelines and the rules and regulations to um, connect to our system and for us to provide the service to our ratepayers, but also embedded in that is the annual rate schedule. So <clears throat> best practices to separate have your one bylaw for all the regulations, and then a, simple, a second simplified bylaw that just um, outlines the rates. So that's what we've done, is we've separated the two to make it simpler moving forward as we bring our annual rate bylaw increase, or you know, down the road one day we may become so well-funded that we won't have to increase. <laughs> it could happen. But um, yeah, so, we're asking for first reading on both bylaws, and there was no changes to the first one other than all the rates and related um, components of that was carved out. You were given a version with the track changes to show that there really are no changes to the one bylaw, and um, that should be pretty straightforward reading. And then the second one is to discuss the rates. In addition to that, I've kind of handed out some additional information. What we'd be looking for is first reading today, so then we could put forward to the residents um, some communication that rates are being proposed, and we would be seeking second and final reading next council meeting so that we could put these rates in play for February services, so then our budget doesn't get any further behind through a delay of increase to rates. The additional information I did provide, um, the first one, which is, is marked page number one, it has um, 
rates were calculated. The first one that says proposed Peace River, that's just estimated revenue that we would anticipate, or not revenue, I'm sorry, estimated annual cost to the ratepayers based on a proposed 5% rate increase <coughs> across the board. The second one that says option two, that would be what our current utility rate model suggests. Um, but again, it does need some refinement and some validation of those figures. Then I just took some comparatives. We looked at some comparative communities to give you some idea where we are sitting in that. And of course, there's lots of variables that make um, you know, rates different. One being you know, age of infrastructure, one being, you know, where we get our water source from. Our river causes us more uh, treatment processing, more chemicals and more costs. We have a lot of elevated um, areas we service, which is a lot of lift and moving electrical pump stations to move stuff. So it can explain some of the variables you see, comparables. You'll see though on the comparables almost all communities we did compared to are in the right direction where they have a fixed and variable cost. The second paper, grouping of papers that has number two marked on the top of it, that um, shows you that first one, what I did was I took um, the revenues that were recorded in the general ledger from, for four months because the rates went up partway through the year last year. So I just took our billing for four months, I divided it um, to get an average monthly revenue source, multiplied it by 12, and then added 5%. And so based on that model of 5% on existing um, fees, it's anticipated that we would bring in, between water and wastewater, roughly 6.6 million in revenue. And I put a little note there, our budget that was presented originally in December, that's the draft budget that will be brought back forward for council's consideration and adoption, um, had originally estimated 5.8 million in revenue, but we will be increasing that number because of um, getting some more data, two months more data of actual revenues based on the new rates that were put in place last year. The second sheet that's um, attached to that is, says option two on the top, and that was would be what the rates, the utility rate model suggests currently. Um, and there are some sizable increases in there. And actually, um, that utility rate model, based on the number of customers and the size of the meters and whatnot, it's actually only predicting 4.8 million. So tell us whether there's something not quite right in the utility rate model. I'm not sure if it's um, an underestimate in volume consumption or if it's an overestimate in the number and the size of different meter categories that could erroneously calculate uh, revenues, so it appears to be understated. And that was option two with mm -hmm. the proposed uh, yes. increase in year two? 
know what option two is? Option, no, option two is, option one is just a pure 5% on the current rates. Option two was the numbers that the utility rate model suggested with no subsidy, like 100% of the cost. But I question if everything's in there, that at this moment in time, I think we need to have a really good look at the utility rate model once again. So that proposed, those proposed said it would be full cost recovery with no offsets, because I believe this year there was a 50% offset that was presented. So those are what the rates would be with no offset. And, and this is just all for, you know, digestion right now. Um, obviously tonight we're just seeking first reading, second and third reading could be read with amendments. Um, so I'm just kind of walking through the paper um, work with you right now. And then, and then the third piece of paper here that just says um, Town of Peace River historical rates. So there it shows, for example, in 2020, um, you know, an annual cost to a resident was $1,094 if they were using 15 cubic meters. 2022, that increased to 1647 And then the proposed now uh, that we are recommending at 5% increase will bring it up to 1730 So that would add another $83 to the annual bill of a resident. It would add $247 a year to a small commercial customer, and it would add $940 per year to a large commercial um, customer. That is providing we were to just add 5% to current rates, um, as opposed to the proposal or option two. If you would see at the bottom, option two would significantly increase large commercial rate users. So at this time we're just asking again for um, first reading. We can walk through the details so we can get out to the public that this is happening with the intention and hopes to get it passed to put into effect again February 1st. And then um, over the next few months or sometime over the summer we'll be um, putting it out for a review, our utility rate model, and then, and then coming back from there and sharing with council what we've learned and, and what it's gonna take to get us where we need to be. So by that, you mean like hire a company to look at it like the Corvus people did in the past? Correct, yes. My intention would be, my hope would be to put it out for proposal to have some third party do a utility rate model for us and then that model then would be built for the next four years and then it would be my thought would be then it would be where we could continue to update it so we'd get a, a second set of eyes a good ground um, start and then we would be able to keep it up from there um, before the others ask a question um, garbage rates are they part of this or are they something different I believe right now we checked into that and they're part of our fee schedule, but um, next, when we bring the next utility rate bylaw, it would be our t intention to put waste in the rate bylaw as well, because it is a utility and we have moved it to the utilities. 
Um, so it would be our intention to put in the utility rate bylaw. But I believe we have actually, we have an entirely separate waste removal bylaw, and that's why we didn't put it in here, because we, that's where it is, and we need to carve it out of that bylaw, the same as we had in this one, which meant quite a bit of work on Kayla, so to allow time, we'll do that for next year. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, so, councillors, uh, questions thus far? Councillor Good? Yeah, um, as a lot of people know here, math's not my real strong suit in a lot of ways, but from what I see what you're doing, you sort of clarify if I'm right on this one. The, the proposal at the 5% is kind of a, I'm understanding that the thought behind it is, we know you want to get to the 100% cost recovery. We know you want to get there. We're not as confident in the numbers as we think we would like to be. So we're going to put, we're going to hold at the sort of interim phase. We, we're comfortable with the 5% increase that we're not going to be hitting anybody over what we should we're not as comfortable with that remainder of dollars. We want to have more confidence in those numbers. Is that what I'm sort of understanding? And this would give us the breathing room to um, follow our plan to get there, but not put ourselves in a position where we may be overcharging if, in case we could be, mm -hmm. or undercharging, but we want to know what that number is, that way. More or less, yes, correct. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if I explained it really well. Yeah. But it's kind of given us the breathing room yes. and the time to, to really gain, now that we've had yes. some experience, because I mean, the big, the big hurdle was taking people from paying per cube to a, to a full cost recovery. And you know, when people, I hear people talking about the power rates and saying, why is my distribution cost 90%, my electrical cost 10%? Well, the cost of the infrastructure is 90%. Mm -hmm. I mean, your infrastructure has a definite cost that has to be recouped one way or the other. Mm -hmm. It's not free. So getting people to that that position of understanding is not just the fact that I had a cup of water and why am I paying $1,000 for a cup of water? It's, you're not. You're paying $1,000 for the whole infrastructure that delivered the cup. If it was being trucked, you'd have to pay for the gas for the trucks. So that was a big, a big leap. But I think what I'm hearing is that we're not totally confident with the numbers. Correct, and and also um, I have no doubt we're we're not overcharging. I mean, maybe maybe by a certain class, like those large commercial, that requires analysis to make sure they're playing an equitable rate for the size of pipe they have, as opposed to. It's absolutely safe to say our costs have gone up 5% with inflation and whatnot. And um, another component as well is even though we move towards full cost recovery, we combine the, the rates again. And it's really important that we separate water rates from wastewater rates because um, our infrastructure costs or needs, for example, may be far greater as we know are probably coming with our solid waste treatment. And so um, we may want to be charging more percentage of increase on the solid waste <coughs> rate to get us where we need to be down the road. And our water rates, we, we may just have to, we may be fairly okay where we're at in a common city. So that'll be part of this year's study is to make sure too that we break out the two components so we can really defend each each um, model. 
if that's something that they're interested yeah. And it should make sense, well, correct me here, wastewater, a cube of wastewater should be more expensive than a cube of water to clean because we have to have everything there for as much water as we clean if it all got dumped down the waste, but it doesn't. We know there's stuff on the lawn and stuff. So what I'm saying is if we look at it somehow water, wastewater, that wastewater cube is going to be much more expensive, I would think, compared to the cost for producing this and the out here. to treat it after it's been run yeah. through our system than it, it costs to make it pure water. Well, and there's less of it, but you still need all this big infrastructure for it. But then on the other side of the coin, we suffer significant loss on water. We have some major leaks that we, we have significant loss on water. So um, it may be that water costs us more because we're not, we're producing X and we're only selling Y, um, but we're treating, you know, Y minus 10%. So somewhere we have to, yeah, it may or may not be. Which the asset management should somehow help determine a few things about that uh, lost leakage, whatever. Yeah, we do need to, need to work on the loss, yeah. Um, other questions? I've got a few more, so. Okay, I'll ask one. So um, one of our residents pointed out to me the, um, proposed uh, cost for um, uh, turning on and off a bleeder oh, valve. Yes. And as I understand it, and this person anyhow, the way it works in their household is he's the one that does the turn on and turn off. So the cost would only apply if uh, town had to go to somebody's house and turn it on and off physically. Thank you, Your Worship. Yes, I did forget to mention that is a new cost that's being introduced, and you're correct. I believe there's about 130, I was told, or 35 um, of the bleeder systems. And my understanding is we do have to go and physically turn those on and then off. And we charge $30 fee just to change an account name. So for our, our you know, um, we've deemed a value to change an account over to be $30, yet we haven't valued the cost of our highly trained operators to go and turn a service on, on and off to those few residents. So we have introduced that new rate. And then there is a program I'm just uh, trying to familiar self, my, familiarize myself with where we have a policy at some point by 2028 we're to move towards elimination and complete throughout the town of those bleeders, so. Uh, Which is a help. big asset management. Uh, Part of the plan we need to introduce, absolutely. But in the meantime, we will recover a few of those costs um, that, you know, is. But the burdening. intent is only if the town yes. really does it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, anybody else jump in here with a question or two with you? So I've got another one. Um, so uh, trailer courts. Um, we had a, a few issues with uh, who in trailer courts has meters and who doesn't. Is that all sorted out? Mm. I think the issue was. We were going to build a whole trailer court. Yeah. Yeah. So. I am not able to answer that at this time. I would have to do some research on that. Okay. 
Okay, thanks. No, that's good. Um, and uh, one other thing I would suggest, because I read all through the bylaw and then I went back to the chart and I was looking for, there was references to unpaid bills and what they would be charged. So I, I completely missed at the bottom of the new schedule A, the unpaid utility bills will pay one and a half percent or whatever. I would just like that to be more bolded um, for my um, experienced eyesight, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Is that industry standard, one and a half percent? So I'll, I'll tell you what I did and how much it cost me. I paid two water bills, um, except when I went to pay it on my banking app, I paid, and they were almost identical because there was the, the same consumption and everything. So I paid um, my house bill twice and the other building, not at all. Whoops. And so when I got the bill the next month, course it was double because I hadn't paid it and it cost me two dollars and it was a pretty big bill so is that I guess the question is is that enough of a penalty on uh, like a hundred and sixty dollar bill two bucks like it was it was not very much so I would I would I think one and a half is fairly standard when I was doing a little bit of a review I've seen one higher but I I think that's standard but we could certainly just you know do a check to be certain that we are in line with the current trend. Just like that's way cheaper than not paying my credit card bill, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Which I've never not done on purpose. <laughs> Very good to hear. Uh, second, another question has to do with um, um, a customer. Uh, quite frankly, I, uh, there was a customer downstairs at the uh, desk and uh, he explained, I was going by, he explained to me that um, last winter he had a tap that was turned on, didn't realize it to $800 later. Um, my question is, is, is there anything in their software that can be set to say that if your bill changes by more than, I don't know, 15, 20%, 25, 50% month to month, that there's an alert that goes someplace? I'm just asking if software like that is, is around. So I'm familiar with the software we use. I don't know what, um, like all of the capability that the software has that I don't know how much we're using, but I can say typically the Neptune readers, they will put a note on the customer's bill. It detects leaks. So it'll put a notification right on your bill, leak detected over so many days. Um, I'll confirm that we are making that notification on the client's or our ratepayers' bills. So this was a situation where a tap actually got left on. So does that count as a leak? I think it would because it would show a steady, because um, it, it measures 24 hours, and it would show that there's, no, that's a leak detection, right? Shows that the water doesn't shut down, continues to read. Thank you. Yeah. The only thing I see with, with measuring that is Thanks for not much because to an extent you've measured it, you've seen that there's this increase, but unless the homeowner gets that in a time yeah, it's after, after, yeah, it's just really good academic information as to why your bill is so high. Yeah. And I think that there's, um, it's like knowing your parachute didn't open. Yeah. You're dead. But you can tell that your parachute didn't open. It would be nice to know on the way down that you had a problem. So. I mean, that you're going to die. But I, I'm yeah. just saying it to an extent. Um, 
And I don't know if it's even possible, and I don't know if it's our responsibility. I mean, to an extent, if I leave my DAP on, that's on me. I understand that. But if our software can generate an alarm that says, this is, yeah, this is silly. Like, you've got to look at something here. Mm -hmm. And could we, I'm just saying, is the potential even there to even look at having that as a, um, done that you would there would be a, an alert come out to the homeowner saying you're you just ran through your home like a whole month's worth of water last night there's something going on at your house yeah you know I agree I agree it is a notice after and it is to catch your toilet running so you know um, or your sprinklers have been running. It is supposed to be not for those big major drastic breaks. It's to give notice that you could, you have a leak. Um, right. The only way that I'm aware of, because it's all remote read and it gets data loaded, right? And then it's the, the data that gets loaded into the software that picks that up. And so the only way that I would see that being happening uh, available, we would have to do data reads regularly, which, you know, they drive around town, get those reads. And then it would have to be loaded, and then analyzed and read. They're, they're not real time. It's not real time data. No, you know it is, but we only capture it once a month. So the system has this uh, amazing ability to go back and do a data log. So if someone says, "There's no way I use that much water. There's a mistake." We can go back and we can take data up to sixty days. I, I believe right. it's sixty days. It, most Neptune is. And then we can look at it and they can actually see, you know, oh, it looks like you left your tap on all weekend, this weekend. Um, it like but it's all capturing it back. Sure. Yeah. So, but it's, that, so to an extent, the system's not designed for that. It no. protects us. It doesn't protect them. Yeah. That, that was my question, yeah. basically. And I mean, but I also know that once you have, once you have metrics, I mean, once you have data coming in, most data flows can have triggers. Yeah, I don't know. That's one area I do work in. Yeah. That, that data flows can have triggers to say, this was just so far off the line that something has to You only get the data once a month. But if you're only, if you're only doing a capture once a month, yeah. then, uh, yeah. But even then, if it's noticeable that it's uh, uh, $700 and it's usually only 150 that month to month should produce a, a little statement saying, do you know? Well, I mean, it's going to protect them going forward. I mean, yeah. you're not going to make it, it's not going to no. be a $700 bill for six months. No, it's going to be a $700 bill for doing. But anyways, just customer service thing, if it's possible without a, you know, big to-do kind of yeah. thing, yeah, why not look at it? Does anybody else have any questions before we possibly uh, get motions for first readings? Okay, so we get first readings and then goes out and it's uh how is it advertised it's just because of this meeting it goes on our website for these kind of things or what would be the way you know we have a new comps person we'll be discussing this with tomorrow <laughs> but yeah we'll want to get as much advertising out as possible because again we're hoping for second and final meeting next meeting so we'll try to get it communicated as best as possible so everyone's aware and uh new if new comps person will have a very good comp package going out with this one. Uh, some people would be very happy with option one and maybe a certain category more happy with option two, but 
it's the way it is. So, okay, we have um, two uh, two bylaws, and both of which, do both of them ask for uh, rescinding of that first one reading? Okay, so all we have to do is pass. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one is um, move that council give first reading to the town of Peace River Utility by Services Bylaw 2125. Would somebody be prepared to move that? Sure. So this is the bylaw. Councilor Good moves that bylaw 2125, which I think is the one that maybe rescinds the yes, other one and separates out bylaw so two. Okay, first reading to bylaw 2125, utility services bylaw. How many are in favor of that? Everybody, it is carried. I now um, move that council give first reading to town or picture of utility rate bylaw number 2126. Thank you. Everybody's clear what they're voting on this round? So we are not voting for proposal one or proposal two, we are just voting for process one. Yes. So public input. Yes. Okay, so we're moving to a separate rate bylaw, is what this does. And in, um, uh, if we get to second reading, that's where some discussions will happen about proposal one or proposal two, is my understanding. Okay, all those in favor of this motion? Thank you, it is carried. Okay, well thank you staff for, I'm sure it's quite a bit of work in the background on that one. And now, this one took no work at all, I'm sure. It's under new business. It's the 2023 Town of Peace River Operating Budget. And we're being asked to look at this only for information not to pass this. Is this yeah. correct? Yeah, correct. when would we pass it? One week, sure. After you've had time to consider it. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we've got uh, Mr. Mumford here to tell us about some finances. Okay, good evening, Madam Chair. <clears throat> Tonight I'll be presenting the 2023 draft operating budget for taxed supported operations. Um, I'll begin with a quick recap of the fund reporting structure, uh, walk through the process uh, we used to compile um, the budget thus far, and go over key assumptions, administration included, uh, provide additional information about how to interpret and understand the budget information provided, and then complete a departmental and object category level review. There'll be an opportunity for questions um, at the end of the presentation, but I'll also pause after the assumptions and understanding the budget section to allow for any clarification you'd like for those areas. So just very briefly, um, this year we're trying to clearly divide what's tax supported from what is utility supported. So this presentation is only addressing tax-supported operations. It will not, and excludes water, wastewater, storm, sewer, and solid waste, which you've seen um, the original operating budget for those in December. 
Um, we're also excluded, and this is just a, a convention that's happened in the past, um, the Family Resource Network, Parent Education, and Home Visitation. Uh, those sub-department programs, they're fully funded by third parties, and it's just kind of a flow through. Um, there's no net cost to two taxpayers, so we exclude them as well. Also, for comparative purposes, we excluded the airport, so that would have been in the 2022 budget. We've knocked that out and we knock at the 55 plus games as well because those both have no impact on current years and we didn't want that to um, confuse things. <clears throat> In terms of the process that we use to pull this budget together, so it's a de decentralized approach. So the <coughs> department heads, um, their managers, their supervisors all were able to have input into their respective areas. Um, those figures were then reviewed by me when I first started. Um, I had meetings with each of the each of the directors and we went through their budgets in detail. Then CAO Miller started. She had her own opportunity to do the same. Um, and we've circled back with the directors with proposed changes. Um, also during that process, we calculated what the municipal requisition um, that we think um, is appropriate and would fund operations at the current level would be. Uh, so we took to council in December an interim budget which was approved to allow us to continue our operations into 2023. Where we're at in the timeline now is this is council's first look, so this is an opportunity for discussion, um, input from the public, uh, any questions that you may have about the budget in the future at the date to be determined. Uh, this will all be brought back to you, both the tax supported and the utility supported budgets will be brought back for final approval ends in 2023. We'll also pull together the multi-year, um, basically 2024 through to 2027 um, draft operating budgets. So there's a, there's a requirement in the NGA that we, we go up three years beyond the current year. So that's what we'll be doing. Um, by the time we do that, we'll probably be late spring. And uh, you know, at that point, we're going to be looking ahead into 2024 and firming up that budget, um, starting that process, hopefully a little bit earlier than we did this year. Um, again, ideally, in a perfect world, if we can get the budget approved and passed and final before the end of December, that's, that's, that's perfect. Um, but that's, that's what we're going to be working towards for this year, for next year's budget. So some key assumptions. Uh, our budget figures were compiled using um, prior year actual values. Uh, we looked at three-year trends. Um, we looked at known figures, so sometimes there'd be figures that would be provided by a vendor um, where it's very precise, and we used management for administrative est estimations as well. Um, in 2022, and really since the beginning of COVID um, in 2020, we've seen significant volatility and upward pressure in numerous areas of the budget. Um, in our budget, we've included increases to reflect anticipated changes, but we did not apply any across the board inflationary factor. Uh, we really looked at each individual area. Some areas where inflation's had a significant impact, some much less so. Um, annual inflation for 2022 hasn't been finalized, but we expect it's going to land in the six to seven percentile range uh, with Alberta being similar to the national average. Um, as a result, administration spent a considerable amount of time performing a line-by-line -line review of the budget to reduce discretionary spending and remove items uh, which were previously budgeted on a contingent basis. Um, 
which whenever you do that, it does add a bit of risk to a budget. When you start to say, you know, we budget this amount just in case it happens, it hasn't happened for a few years, let's knock the budget down or let's reduce it. It does start to add a bit of risk to the budget, but it's also, it's more representative of where the organization's at. Um, included in this budget is a 4% targeted increase to the municipal requisition. Uh, this figure was calculated as the revenue requirement needed to fund the current year operating revenues, or current year operations, um, and to fund reserves to support the current year capital plan, which was approved in December. It does not include any provisions for transfer operating or capital reserves beyond the current year needs. We also assume in our budget that service levels will be maintained at current levels. Um, in my presentation, when we get to the um, departmental review, um, I'm going to be speaking to some of the variances, but I'm really just going to be talking to the areas where there's a change year over year um, and what the main drivers to those variances are. Other key assumptions. Um, <clears throat> so we've got a few assumptions in here around salary. So the town's collective agreement, the unionized staff expired at the end of 2022. So that creates a bit of uncertainty in terms of uh, what changes may be made in the future regarding that. We've also included in our budget um, an additional full-time equivalent position. Uh, our budget includes no vacancy rate. So what that means is that every position, um, well, so, so there's no vacancy rate, so we're assuming we're gonna be fully staffed the entire year. And also every position that currently exists in the org chart is a funded position. So there's no positions that we said, we're not planning to fill that position, so reduce the funding for it. Um, so both of those changes reduce the risk to the budget because those dollars are still included. Um, in other instances, if you, you know, some organizations have chosen to factor in a vacancy rate, could be 3%, could be 5%, um, just based on the idea that you're not always fully staffed up. Um, but it is, this is an extra cushion, and again, there's a certain level of uncertainty. In, in a perfect world, if we're fully staffed, that's great, right? Um, also, there's some known increases for the year for, we're getting pressure from CPP, EI, um, MSC benefits. These are all additional costs that get, get put on us and get passed on to, to the taxpayer. Uh, this budget was prepared with the knowledge that we continue to face a great deal of uncertainty. Um, the upcoming provincial election um, creates additional uncertainty regarding, um, you know, there's a hope that generally a halt on a new announced funding until the election is done. Um, and as I said, we've, we continue to navigate in a high inflation environment, uh, which we really haven't seen for, for decades. So in terms of understanding the budget, um, some of this information is, is really just so that you can you can understand how the, present, the, present, the, the future slides are presented. Um, expenses are shown as debits, so they're, they're positive values, and the revenues are credits which is consistent with accounting practice. So if you see a negative revenue, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, the budget also includes some non-GAAP. So GAAP is just generally accepted accounting principles. Um, but some non-GAAP items recorded as expenses. So 
What that means to you is uh, when we prepare our audited financial statements at the end of the year, there's items that we were including in the budget as expenses that would not appear in the financial statements as an expense. Um, we've done so because it's important that they're funded and we feel it creates a more representative picture of the town's overall budget. So those items include the principal portion of the long-term debt to be repaid during the year, which is $845,000 for the tax-supported element of the budget, and a $2.125 million contribution to capital reserves. This contribution is budgeted to be fully utilized in the current year to meet our capital needs, and thus there is no additional contribution to reserves for future years budgeted. Um, so in the following slides, as we get into the departmental, you'll see object categories 29 and 30 are the ones that relate to long-term debt and contributions to capital reserve. So you'll see those having bounced around a fair bit year over year between, as we go through the departments. Um, and that's the reason why. The budget also excludes amortization expense and revenue from capital contributions. So when I presented the budget, uh, the capital budget previously, I spoke on this briefly, but I want to reinforce the concept. Amortization expense is the cost of long-term assets over their useful life. For our purposes, it can be used interchangeably with the term depreciation. Capital revenues, revenue from third-party funding like MSI and Canada Community Building Fund, which is a form of gas tax, um, and as long as we spend those on eligible capital spend, we're able to recognize the revenue from those funds. So our goal is to ensure that our operating transfer to capital, so what we've identified as a transfer to capital from our operating budget, plus the capital revenue we recognize in the year, is equal to or greater than our amortization expense. And because amortization expense is dealing with past dollars, and we know that things in the future and the present cost more, generally need to be ahead of your amortization expense in terms of what you're recognizing as capital revenue and contributing from your operating to your capital. Can you say reserve. that again? Yeah. <laughs> Effectively, you take your capital revenue, which is revenue from MSI, gas tax, etc. You add that to what you contribute to your capital reserves yourself. The total of that should be equal to or greater than your amortization expense. Over time. Um, and that, and if, if you're, you know, in general, we just want to always be contributing to our reserves because we know things are going to cost more in the future. Is effectively, effectively why we do that. Um, <clears throat> So with all of that said, <laughs> we're to a point where our budget balances with a very modest surplus of $29,640. Um, and as I, 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 don't, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but we presented our budget by department and by object category. So object category is slightly less granular than a line by line detail. If we show, if we were to present a line by line detail of the whole budget, it's about 1,800 lines. Um, I don't think council loses uh, the ability to be informed about the budget by showing it at this level of detail. 
on each one of the slides, you'll see which sub-departments make up the departmental grouping, and I'll speak to, as I say, I'll speak to all of the, the major variances and, and the, the, the main changes year over year. So maybe we'll take a break here and see if there's any questions on any of the key assumptions or anything on this understanding the budget slide, and then we'll jump into the departmental details. Okay, do you have questions? Sure. Okay. So we, we had some presentations today, for example, for potential expenses for this year. Are those included in this budget or so let's say, for example, 80 some odd thousand dollars for um, the Economic Development Committee, would that, would that fall into this uh, budget? Um, so the ECDEV is included. Uh, I'll, I'll have to check on the other two. Oh. I could speak to the Rotary House is, and STARS potentially could be through grants to other organizations line item that has been included. Uh, my question is, um, uh, so through our uh, Northern Sunrise uh, capital agreement, is that amount of money included in here or as something we're spending? So capital contributions, and again, this is a presentation choice. Um, I think in the future we may go with a different direction. Um, they're shown as, capital contributions through ICS are shown as revenues, um, and we budgeted them as, as such. Basically, it's, it becomes town revenue, and we transfer it through that, that, uh, that total of two points. 2.125 million contribution of capital reserve. A portion of that is coming from those ICFs. So um, the 270 or whatever thousand would be uh, fully expended in this year. Is that kind of what it's mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. Or 270 minus the 29 sort of thing? Mm -hmm. What is the minus 29? The 29 we oh. need to buy a pool in 10 years. No, I'm thinking the 279 we need to buy a pool in a few years. So is, is the 279 uh, being used uh, in, I don't know, wherever in here? In other words, we won't have 279 sitting someplace at the end of 2023. So technically, it's a transfer to reserves, and our, re and, and our capital budget is drawing upon those reserves. So it's being used. Yeah. Yeah, so we might have a discussion we, about that at some point, yeah. yeah. I, again, I, I think, and I've spoken to this a little bit when we, talk, when we talked about capital. After we get through the audit this year, we're going to have a much better sense as to where our reserves are at. So um, that, I think, will be a, a strong guide, because when I presented capital, I showed you that we had roughly $10 million of, of reserves, but around a $7 million unrestricted deficit, which effectively means you need to write down those reserves because they're not funded. Um, again, there's certainly, if there's, if there's, if our, if our partners are contributing for future capital needs, we need to make sure that, that we're honoring that agreement. And so, um, I'm not sure what they think they're contributing the capital for other than uh, we should really have a good idea where it's going. <laughs> but as this budget sits, the amount is being contributed to capital. We're, we're drawing that same amount to fund our current year because what we wanted to avoid 
was not contributing enough on the operating side, and then drawing from reserves that um, aren't may not be fully fully funded or fully supported on this one. Any other questions on the key assumptions or this understanding the budget information? Are we eliminating any long-term debt payments this year? Something did get eliminated. You know, I know something got eliminated because in the financial statements when I read the notes last year's financials, it said that there was a debt retirement in 2022, or what was 2022? So I know something was. We were supposed to have a few retirements happening in this chunk in of In 2023? Years. And then, well, the, yeah, we have a bunch of new. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that, that detail here in front of me at this point. Um, our financial statements, again, that's part of the audit. It'll fully break down where we're at, um, but I don't have that information available as part of the presentation. Uh, we do show by department what we're repaying in terms of uh, principal and, and interest, but I don't have any specifics on, on, on uh, retirement. Okay, um, we'll move on then to government and corporate services. Um, so as I said, we're showing the information here today by department and object category. Uh, on the right-hand side of the slide, I've listed which sub-departments make up each grouping. We'll speak to the major changes for each department, if there's areas the council would like additional detail, um, or if they'd like the data presented in a different fashion, we can undertake to provide that. Um, so beginning with government and corporate services, this grouping includes revenue expenses, such as mayor council costs, general government, IT, communications, finance, and human resources. Um, just because you see something on here like IT, that doesn't mean that all of the IT costs are allocated here. Some of our costs get allocated out to different departments. So something like a, a health and safety employee's time, um, it's not all legally coded here because a portion will be allocated out elsewhere. Um, but this is the this is the main main groupings. Um, so with with that said, um, corporate services and general government that's where the bulk of the the town's revenue comes for, from from. Um, on a tax supported basis, this is where taxation revenue flows through. We're targeting a 4% increase to our municipal requisition for taxes. Um, now, this grouping um, taxation revenue that also includes um, some items that have offsetting expenses, such as the educational levies. So, if you do the quick math on this, it's not, it's not a bang on 4% increase because there's other things that make up that number. Um, Within this grouping, the modest increase to salary expenses, um, targeted reductions in professional service and contracted services, and significant increase um, in the budget for training. So part of that increase is uh, due to just a backlog of training during COVID. Um, there's also been some, some turnover. Uh, in grants and other transfers, uh, there's a significant, uh, significant increase in the Organization property tax exemption program, so copter, so that went up from 130,000 up to 190,000 um, as a budget line item, um, and that's a program that I think we're going to uh, going to be looking at a little bit more closely this year in terms of uh, eligibility criteria for it. So um, this is for nonprofits tax exemption. Yeah, 
Yes. Rotary House, but it's not for the the for copter. Um, so other items here, we reinstated the grants to groups funding. Um, so previously, last year, it was allocated, there was 13,000 of that, um, which was budgeted, and the rest was transferred to the operating reserve. Um, so we bumped that, that line over back up to 35,000 for, as a total for the year. Uh, we've also got $70,000 included in this grouping for new website development. The town's website is uh, fairly archaic, so um, it's timely for a revamp. Moving on to protective services. Um, so we've got a modest increase to protective services revenues um, as we, on the, on the sale and service and fees as we review our, our fee structure and, and different revenue opportunities. <coughs> um, decrease in permits and license revenue, and that's um, primarily driven from a reduction in the CPO fine revenue line item. Um, we've previously been budgeting a line item for that, that grouping, um, but if we're not achieving that revenue, um, then it's, we feel it shouldn't be in there. It was partially offset by slightly higher RCMP fine revenue. Contractor services, um, RCMP increases are really what's driving driving that, that cost increase. Um, we actually trimmed in, in other areas, but um, we budgeted uh, an increase for those RCMP services. Um, and no other real material changes to this history. Vehicle costs. Do you want us to ask questions at this point or at the end? It's, it's up to you. Um, I mean, again, Depending on the nature of the question, I might just need to make a note and, and, and get back to you. Um, but yeah, if you want to go slide by slide, we can do that as well. I think I prefer that because then I might remember. Okay, sure. Question. Um, so vehicle costs, uh, there's a, a bit of an increase there. What are vehicles? What do we mean by vehicle costs? So vehicle costs include um, if there's fuel, uh, maintenance, like, sorry, vehicle fuel, uh, maintenance on those vehicles, and if there's any operating leases. RCMP costs are included in professional contracting services. We've been kind of bracing ourselves for this increase on a number of things, service weapons and some other stuff, expenses. We're expecting salary negotiations that were looking like they were not breaking our way. So that number hasn't moved all that significantly from 2022. So are these things that we should still be, uh, you know, girding our loins for in the future? Yes. <laughs> uh, again, we. On, on a line item basis, we bumped that number up. We had some reductions in a few other areas, but um, yeah, there's still there's still some risk that's hanging over our heads to eventually face. Okay. And any um, the overtime from 2017, or not the overtime, the catch up from 2017, or whenever the contract went back, that was still no bill. Uh, you know what I'm talking the about. Retro pay. The yeah, retro pay. Yeah, retro pay. We still don't know that, right? I think, um, I think that the retro pay has been satisfied. But do you doubt that? Um, the feds? 
in our budget light, I just read a report from the RCMP. Yes, I'll reread it again, but when I read that yesterday, I felt that that part of it was satisfied and our stuff moving forward. Catch up, but there are some other issues around that's going to increase our um, requisition. Yeah, I thought there was an increase of whatever their contract from, say, last year to this year was that, but the retro, I'd be interested to see if it's in here or not, I guess. Okay, I'll bring that back. Well, it's obviously not in here from what we were told it was going to look like, so. Okay. And we got two full-time bylaw positions budgeted into this? Yes. But uh, still vacant, right? Yeah, those positions are vacant. Um, RCMP. You can tell from all the snow on the trucks in the parking lot that they're seeing. On the sidewalk. Um, do we want to maybe let's go back a slide then? Um, so we're going to undertake to to get an answer to that question regarding the RCMP um, overtime. But on that doesn't have to be tonight. Obviously, that could be uh, yeah. That's sure. Yeah. On government corporate services, um, were there any questions on this slide? Bless you. And of course, Thank we can always come back later as well. I guess we're glad that interest rates have gone up on this slide or something. In, in terms of interest revenue, yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yay. So so, so, long, so long as we don't issue more debt, we're doing we're good. Fine. <laughs> so if there's a specific thing causing the RCMP overtime, can us and the municipality go up with that agency that's costing all that overtime, like HS? No. <clears throat> Somebody tried that. Um, one of the municipalities tried to uh, sue or go back um, and say it's agency X, it's all you're doing that's causing the RCMP to do that, so you should pay. And it seems to me there was a case like that, and it was too bad, so sad. Carry on. Because yet STARS transports people free of charge, but yet every time we well, our tax dollars pay for it the other way. The municipality has to pay for it. So we wrong. need to call stars when we need to transport somebody. Yeah, good luck with that. They won't not be flying in for a doctor in the location in Calgary won't okay it. <laughs> but it seems to me there was a municipality that tried to do something like that and it was no go with the court system. I think I that may be something we can go after in the province and say this is a health transport, it's not a municipal. How does it fall on the municipality that we're spending all this money on RCMP? transporting people out of town and all the overtime occurred like it's not battling crime it's not serving the community it's serving one person the hospital that's certainly a good I think that's certainly a good advocacy point I am I'm gonna take that is there a question of if we hire the CPOs who are qualified like a number of our CPOs are formerly AHS employees as well that we have had in the past they'd be qualified to transport and then maybe that keeps the RCMP doing what they do best. But no. then they take then they take their time is taken away from other right, right, town speed things. Tickets to people who will hate us for it. Yeah. Health and safety. I know our, our mental health nurse is saving us. Yeah. Can either advocate for another one of those? Yeah. But we're getting the according to Andrew, I digress. We're off. We're off. Okay. Um, 
All right, I'll move on to engineering and public works. So sub functions making this up are engineering, operations, roads, and facilities. So overall reductions on, on contractor services. Um, so we have overall reductions through uh, removing some items, which as I mentioned earlier previously, they were budgeted on a contingent basis. Um, very minor reduction to the snow removal budget. Um, on materials and supplies, um, had some reductions there by removing some of the small capital items and shifting those over to capital. Um, significant increase in the uh, Group 29 debt and capital charges. Um, so again, that's due to a budgeted contribution to capital. Um, and we're continuing to uh, support the city wo city works implementation um, this year through through the addition of some you know, iPads and new technology um, to continue that rollout. Um, one comment I just want to uh, it's a bit of a presentation point here, but in, included in the engineering and public works budget is um, so under utilities you'll notice the utilities line item is quite high so that includes street lights as well so that about 618,000 of that 706 is the street lights budget um, so that's something that i just wanted to point out there's been some discussion of breaking that out showing that as its own separate item because it's not really something that engineering has any control over um, but that's where it lives right now so ADCO was supposed to come and give us a presentation. Um, they, they never did about changing out street lights so they are less power hungry or something, right? They never did come, did they? No, they haven't, Your Worship. Maybe, oh. Uh, Your Worship, I actually was just speaking with ADCO and she is proposing to come in February. Any questions on engineering public works before we move on? So again, uh, the, the biggest change that's, if you look at the, you know, the total number for engineering public works, it seems like it's a, it's a large change, but that's almost entirely driven by that $1.1 million increase resulting from the contribution capital. So now is that going to stay in, in this subcategory then, that? That large amount, yeah. yeah. So he'll have a million one foot one in his reserve. Well, it's it's, it's getting it's utilized this year. This year. It's it's already, right? Okay, we'll move on. Um, this next category is a small one, and it's uh, subfunction three forty public transportation. Um, this is where our our taxi pass program lives. Um, so it's. It's not really an engineering item, that's why I kind of broke it down on its own. Um, it, it, we generated roughly 34,000 of revenue from it. Um, it costs the taxpayer 228 grand to have this program. Um, we've noticed even this year that we're, like for 2022, um, we surpassed the budget. So it's an area that council may want to uh, consider taking a look at in the future, um, whether or not there's any controls that want to be put around that beyond what's currently there. So if I could just <clears throat> add to that, Tanya might, um, Director Bell might want to. <laughs> uh, it is a program that is being looked at. Do you want to add to that, what your intentions are? 
Uh, we're going to spend 80000 on technology. Chairs. There's going to be microphones all over the place. Chairs that, with wheels. Um, yeah, this one didn't have wheels, which I forgot about. Um, just what uh, council has reviewed the policy a year ago, year and a half, however long it was. We did discuss looking at reduction of the subsidy level as a method of further controls to that particular program. So that is something that uh, administration will bring back. An initial discussion point for direction, hopefully at the GNP in February, if not definitely March. And then we'll start discussing options of what that subsidy level changes could look like for your decision making. Have we discussed any policy more than taxi pass? I would be very no. surprised. I, I would agree that we have discussed that policy many, many times. You guys would be heroes if we could get a once and for all thing on that, but I It's like any good policy, it needs to be reviewed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a program that costs the town $194,000. Yeah. Um, any other questions, comments on that before we move on? We go on to public health and social services. Um, this also includes community development, <coughs> um, fair, generally speaking, fairly consistent uh, from prior years. Um, each of these programs typically has its own grant funding tied to it. The most material changes here are in 5.05 community development miscellaneous. We have $60,000 there earmarked for downtown redevelopment plan. And there's also $20,000 for a mural budgeted and $10,000 to reface and repair the downtown retaining wall. And that's what's driving most of those variances. Any questions on here? Yeah, what, what's the downtown retaining wall for my my note said, near looking good. Yeah, the wall. <laughs> oh, that, okay. Oh, the whole sidewalk oh, yeah. and that's our wall. Did you want to speak to that, Acting Director? I think they figured it out. All right, <laughs> they got it. Does Jamie um, know it's ours? He may or may not, <laughs> but we know that we are the ones that installed the brickwork that has been in a poor state for an extended period of time. So we'd like to come up with a better solution. A more permanent solution. Yeah. Thank you. Any other questions in this area? Has a mural been tendered yet? No. Moving on to planning and development. Um, so within planning development, um, there's we also have our so planning development and economic development all live within this grouping. So we have a land use bylaw. I believe this was a carry forward from previous years. So that's eighteen thousand dollars is there. Um, we also have this is where the economic development committee funds were. So the AD, uh, I think it was eighty-two thousand five hundred roughly was was what we had in the budget. Um, the breakdown on that was forty thousand for the feasibility study strategic plan, five thousand for geography, photography, and graphic design, fifteen for marketing activities, 10,000 for job fair, 5,000 for general, and then the 6,500 for the different um, travel and the different events that they had as well. 
Um, and that's really the bulk of the changes here. Um, any questions with this grouping? So, yeah, just one. Sorry. Just one. Under what line here, 1250, whatever, would be the $80,000 for the... Yeah, so it's kind of split up um, because it, some, of, some of it lives under contract services, um, some of it's under, the, under training, and then there's also a little bit under the materials and supplies. Okay, so it's kind of, it's kind of bucketed into the three, four, exactly. the four, seven, or seven, yeah. Sorry, um, one other comment on this, I skipped over my notes. Um, the $50,000, we've also got 50000 budgeted here for business support grants. So that's that's under group 30, the 50000 there. So that's a new, new addition. Any other questions in this area? So after we have this whole presentation, we're gonna have a little bit of a discussion, like when is it that we would say, yeah, that looks good for economic development, or no, it doesn't, or taxi pass or something? So, I mean, you can, you can say whatever you'd like. Um, if you prefer to put questions and comments through through uh, CEO Miller, you can. Um, or you can, if you want to make comments publicly tonight, you can as well. As long as we get that feedback, we can incorporate it into the next iteration of this that you'll see. Because um, I, I do think that some of these, we need a group discussion and come to some consensus <coughs> there. Um, and some of the new ones, like the economic development, I don't know, everybody's okay with it or everybody isn't okay with it. I know the library was supposed to present tonight, and is that in one of these uh, categories someplace too, or maybe the next page? Um, the library is on the next page. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying is. So you're, you're thinking like, well, I, I want more than the 50,000, I would advocate that that should be 70,000 business grant when do we as a council have that hash that out yeah. is that that's what you mean yeah. and again you can you can start that now we can schedule we can have a, a, a subsequent discussion of this after tonight before we have a vote on the final budget um, it's really just down to how uh, madam mayor and, and the CAO would like to approach it uh, we, we thought again in terms of how to present this data uh, and I've seen it done multiple ways. I've seen, you know, the approach that we took where we came in with, given the environment we're in, a reasonable ask for municipal requisitioning. Uh, I've also seen the extreme where you start with a very high number and councils will start to knock things off and whittle it down. Um, you know, a 1% change in our municipal requisition is $110,000. So, as you start to see these programs, you can be thinking in those terms, that if you wanted an extra 50 grand for grants and transfers here, well, that's you know an extra half a percent increase on your municipal requisition. Um, it's, it's a healthy discussion to have, and again, it's, it's, um, it's your prerogative as to how you wanna, how you wanna proceed with that. Um, well, in my opinion, we do need to have that discussion, and sooner than later, because we don't want to draw out this process till June either. And I know admin has put a lot of thought into it, but some of the changes like the economic development that was presented tonight, uh, there is an ask, I guess, <laughs> from Rotary House on an undetermined agreement <laughs> that uh, it may or may not have some changes suggested. Maybe we want to increase it for all that matters. 
we, we do need to have that discussion. And I realize that two counselors are missing tonight. However, this was the um, special meeting held for this reason. So we should perhaps devote some time at the end of your presentation. Sure. Just, whatever comments. Thanks. Yeah, and just, I guess, briefly one other comment on that. Um, the areas that I've been focusing my discussion points around are those items that I think council can really weigh in on. There's not a whole lot of uh, benefit in debating the cost of coagulant, as an example. Like, you know, in large part it is what it is. I want thicker water. <laughs> so so, so I'm, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to focus on those areas where you have a decision. Easier to swallow. No. <laughs> Okay, so I'll move on to our last, but certainly not least, grouping, community services. Um, so modest increase to our sales service uh, revenue. Um, again, that's mostly reflecting trends. It's not specifically tied to, um, you know, proposed rate increases and things like that. It's, it's just where the trend has been. Um, grant revenues, so again, this is where those ICF, the capital contributions are living in there as well, along with a significant amount of, of operating support there. Uh, on the material side, uh, we've got $10,000 for some new signage, $22,000 uh, for Baytex small equipment, so folding tables, chairs, carts, etc. Um, $46,000 to the NAR caboose for renovations and remediation. Under repairs and maintenance, uh, $20,000 muse museum roof repairs. Um, we bumped up the, the arena repairs by, by $10,000. Um, and again, in the detail of all this stuff, we've actually like detailed out where that 10 grand would go. Um, so it's it's not just like a broad, we need 10K, we actually have detailed out all of that um, within that subgrouping. We've got $12,000 as a door replacement for Athabasca Hall in there. Um, vehicle costs, one of the large drivers for this line item within this grouping is uh, the Zamboni inspection. So there was, I believe it was $40,000 was, was allocated as a budget for that. Um, and just an additional comment on, on the community service grouping on the whole. Uh, as part of the budget process, there were some <laughs> items, so this would have been subsequent to our capital budget being approved. There's some, some items in here that were included as equipment that we pulled out of the operating budget because the, they were capital, right? They, they would be over the, the threshold for what would be considered capital. So um, our intention would be to to bring that, once we're done with, you know, as, as we move through the year, um, once we're through our audit, to bring that back to council as a presentation and say, here's these other items, they were missed as part of the capital budget, but here's the case for why we want them. Um, and the council can consider that request at that time. Uh, but those were those were removed from, from this budget at this point. So are they just gone totally from capital as well as? They're not on the capital. And right now they're not on the operating. So for example, what were they? Hmm? What were some of the examples? Set, uh, set they fall in that category. <laughs> if I just see, nope, that's staying there. Um, they fall under this category of small capital that you would have seen under the water. So it was one set of swings for Kinsman Fun Land, um, 
partitions for the washroom, family change room, the new partitions um, in, the, in the family change room. Maybe some garbage cans. Yeah. If I'm so just so those are right. those are eliminated from 2023. Correct. Yes. For the time being. For the time being, we could bring them back. Yeah. So how can we bring them back if we're passing a capital budget? They're not in one. They're out the other. So if I could, when we presented capital, there was a couple of things that we deferred because we didn't know what our financial position was. And at that time, we had asked or mentioned that we would like the right to come back in the summer after the audit. Um, one was a squad truck or something for the fire, um, and there was something else. So it was a couple of items. And so at that same time, when we bring that ask back, we will include these couple of additional items that were identified in the parks and or recreation function. And it would just be an additional capital ask. I mean, anytime council can approve additional capital purchases. So it would just be a second capital ask in the year once we know how we fare at the end of the audit and how much money we have coming out of that. So we're not, I guess I'll be the devil's advocate and ask the question just because. But um, so if we came back and we decided that council was very adamant that we need new swing sets in all the parks in town, we could have a discussion on that and change the capital for this year. We can't really change what you already approved unless yeah. we haven't yet committed the dollars. But But we wanted to get projects going and we want to get things on order so those what we deemed must get done now, um, but at any time you could also make a motion and um, repeal some of those approvals, but just keeping in mind if we've already awarded the job or issued the PO, you know, we can't do so, that. So essentially though, if they're not approved now, like say the swings, we're looking at 2024 possibly, it, realistically because what will we ever find that isn't necessary most times here? Yeah. You know, like there won't be monies left. What? Like, is your question, does council have the ability to authorize this after the fact? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I understand that. I'm just kind of questioning why we would uh, do that when we're kind of told, here's the budget, here's how much uh, taxation we need in order to do this budget and if this thing is over here what I'm hearing from Barb is well you could maybe move it over here if something that was approved is not then expended by that way well I need to clarify that because we we don't want to take away from any of the capital projects that have already been approved because those were identified and de determined to be of importance and that's why we wanted them adopted no what I meant was we because we are all the finance group, um, the department heads, we're new. We don't really have an understanding of the financial statements and the recording of the annual transactions for 2022 are, are not up to date. And so um, until the audit is done and Director Mudford and his team have an opportunity to see where we are in our financial position from 2022 to see what kind of funding remains available for things that didn't get done in 2022 that would move over then into um, reserve and 
otherwise we would draw on our existing reserve so there is some money we're talking a little bit of we're not talking a lot of capital like i think the one was thirty-seven thousand dollars for the playground and i think maybe around that for the washrooms so we're talking a hundred thousand maybe which we would easily be able to pull from our limited reserves we have now but the idea is when we finalize 2022's financials we're going to see money unbudgeted funds because of vacancies and because of capacity work didn't get done that we're going to assume we're going to find some unbudgeted or budgeted funds that were unspent that were easily going to be able to move to an operating reserve and then we'll come and say we just want to draw that or capital reserve and we'll want to draw on those funds so it really is trying to give us time to figure out our financial position while continuing to have the ball rolling and make sure things are done. So, so my understanding of that, to put it in my simple terms, the math not being my strong suit, is that it's out of sight but not out of mind. Exactly. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's off the table today, but it's still on the pad of paper. Yes. So once we've gone through all this stuff, then it's going to come back and say, oh, by the way, this happened. Do you guys want to revisit this? And it may be 2023, it may be 2024, but they're not disappearing from the whole concept because, I mean, obviously with Mark, we want to see that improve too. But we're making some decisions now in judgment terms. For example, just I'll throw one out because we discussed it earlier, $80,000 to the um, business development group. We can have a discussion around that if we come back and we say 40 well then maybe that brings something in from the other yeah. side but if it, we say 80 well it's 80. you know so to my mind they can say out of sight but out of mind off the table but still on the pad is that a okay way to understand it yeah yeah i think so i mean it's i would put these in kind of a similar category to um like the heavy rescue truck the boat and water truck the only difference is they weren't just because of the timing of when we're getting with some of these things, it wasn't initially presented to you. But they are, all things considered, a relatively small portion. In the future, obviously as much as possible, we want to avoid coming to council with those asks if we could have known about it ahead of time. Um, I advocate for directors having access to a small capital fund so that council doesn't need to do a line-by-line -line of these, these you know, $5,000 items, which are big enough to be capitalized, but know don't move the needle that much but that's something that council you know council supported for for the utility fund and for for um, engineering i think they'll they'll probably you know support for recreation or community services in the future as well but that's uh that's for next year um any other questions on the community um, service where's the library the library um I don't actually, I apologize, I don't have any specific notes on the library. Um, Directly, like that might be under salaries because there's a big increase there. Uh, no, 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 within they're, salaries. They're a contract. Well, the library's in the budget bill. I know I double checked the number. Sure. They're, a, um, I believe, a contracted amount. So their ask, I believe, is about 17000 for this year. Oh, I have there's two library payments of twenty two thousand each. That's the library. Um, the Marigold Peace or Library. Peace library? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the other component is the operational grant. Maybe it's not contracted services. Maybe it's grant. Grant to other organizations, perhaps. 
one of the two. Yeah. I know I saw it in there. I know. Yeah, it's their base operating is three hundred and fifty-six thousand and change, and then they're asking for an additional seventeen on top of that. So much like the economic development, have we kind of built that seventeen in here, knowing that it's coming? And I don't. I don't think so. Well, good thing you got that twenty-eight thousand dollars surplus, or you might need it. Oh, it might be gone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't it's, do the it's not, I, don't, I, 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 I don't have the specific breakdown of that in front of me, um, but yeah, it was it was a relatively small ask, and I don't believe it was was initially budgeted for. But, um, in terms of ski, in terms of ski, you see it's over on the right hand side of the yeah. Um, what kind of dollars would work in our budget for the spiel and what do we see ourselves effectively at the end of the year having these expensive signals that's not operating, I guess you could work for it, yeah. Cool. If you're okay. I'll answer that one too, Sam. Um, the ski hill's an interesting situation because what we budget for is really expenses in the fall of that calendar year. So there, they had started snowmaking in the fall of 2022, so we did expend water, for example. Um, we'll save in 2022 because the chairlift maintenance did not occur. So there's an approximately 50-ish thousand of savings from 2022. For 23, we are budgeting as if they're operating in a normal year. So there's no savings to date for 2022. But we will see savings from 22. So the amounts that go to the ski hill low in this budget are some insurance? Uh, we pay insurance, which is, it fluctuates between 15 to 19,000, whatever the insurance allocation is annually. Water is about 30,000 a year. Uh, maintenance is, it fluctuates depending on the non-destructive <coughs> testing that we have to do. I believe I budgeted for a higher amount in 2023 because it there was no maintenance last year, so it forces us into a full chair NDT this year, so it's closer to 60,000. Um, and then the chairlift uh, power, the utility for the chairlift is completely on the town, and that one I'm drawing a blank on. I want to say about 20, but that feels a little high on that utility. So those are our standard costs, plus the 55,000 they were seeing from the town and partners for their operational grant. That's not all town funding. It's a, a combination of our ICF partners and town. So in here is about 130,000 plus another 50 odd that you were just talking about, some of which is other town stuff yeah. as well as the surrounding that's correct no it's just good to know that because quite often we're taken to task about not spending on ski hill stuff so thanks okay so library though so my contention would be that if we we need to have the talk about the library because we have a library and we want it to keep existing and keep it staffed. So we didn't hear the presentation tonight. I understand I was delayed because of uh, illness sort of things. So when do we put that <coughs> over here? So 
Like, would it be beneficial to um, have an additional discussion on specific topics? Like, where, you know, as part of the, we, we ahead of time predetermined which areas are important to council that you want to discuss, and then we'll one by one through those areas. Would that be beneficial? Just to put some, so that way, we, administration knows ahead of time that we can prepare the detail for those areas, and council has time to prepare whatever questions they have and, and whatever discussion points you want to make. Councilors, what do you think? Well, I don't, I don't see a lot of areas. Looking through this, I don't see a whole lot of areas. I think the, the business one, because again, we gave 20,000 last year, and now we're looking at, at four times as much. Maybe good reasoning, whatever. And I think the council has made a, a position that we're going to be trying to support business one way or the other, probably more so than we have in the past. I think that that's a good discussion. I think there's other areas we might want to take a look at. I think, Mark, you've got a couple of areas that you're sort of thinking of, unless I'm wrong. No. Um, you know. Do we have any strategies, like as far as becoming more energy efficient, installing solar panels anywhere? Spending money like that because there's huge savings in grants. So just search, there's tons of grants available in Alberta for that. We, we can reduce this energy costs on the Baytex and the swimming pool. Sounds great. I would rather spend 20 grand on solar panels than a than a mural myself because we'll get return on that investment if not get it free to boot. So that sounds like a big topic that maybe should be uh, like part of our strategic plan. I think spoke to that someplace in there, right? No, or could? Good, yeah. down the road. It's and so maybe that's a, a topic that is more than this immediate budget discussion, but it needs to get there for year two of operating, year two of capital or something, the discussion at least. Look into it and yeah, see what yeah. the options are. It's sometimes, there are sometimes there are grants to do studies, mm -hmm. but sometimes that means you're spending some money to do your share of something too. Yeah. I don't know, councillors speak up on, on this. Mark's raised a topic. We want to tell him in, please go away and come back with some solar panel uh, ideas, discussion that could be implemented. Or I can investigate it myself. I think that's a big over here yeah. thing. It's not a So maybe it street. takes away the idea that we want to discuss this in future and get serious yeah okay um you've got a question over here um, yes. last spring and i don't know if this is related or not it's related but maybe not as closely as you'd like uh, last spring we borrowed forty thousand dollars to replace fire hydrants and we asked at one point, because there hadn't been any fire hydrants replaced to that point, where the money went. And we were told we can come down and see the light, line item breakdown as to where that went. Um, and then two hydrants were replaced in the fall. Would you be able to tell me where that money went or if we still have that money sitting there or if we are still planning to change fire hydrants. I realize that's kind of an engineering thing, but but I'm just wondering on the money end of it. We borrowed forty thousand dollars to replace fire hydrants and we changed two fire hydrants. Like it makes me wonder why did we borrow forty thousand dollars? And 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 did that money go somewhere? Which is maybe kind of a broad question, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know the answer offhand, but we can no, certainly look into, look into that for you. Fire hydrants and whatever else besides replacement, if they parts or something, whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So any other topics? I've got mine, the, the library. John maybe said economic development. It's like the new ones, I guess. Well, not new, but John, was there something else? Or start, pardon me. Councilman Good. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing these up only because they were discussions in the past. I mean, we had our grants to group discussions, for example, would be an area. Uh, unless we're just assuming that we're going to go for the same amount as last year or whatever. Um, there could be another one, could be the um, last one. Grants groups, the, the taxi pass thing is this a time where we should have that discussion just for example get an idea of where we're going to go are we going to we just go to do status quo this year and let it ride to see what we're doing i mean and that's fine too but i mean i know that they're not huge numbers like the, the taxi pass is like we spent 290 but it's thirty thousand dollars we're talking about budgeting right Isn't no 290 it's the other way okay. yeah, one minute. Yeah. so it, it's it's a fair chunk and i mean I think in those things we want to have discussions around that. We want to take a look at um, tax pass versus um, other methods of allocating dollars to move people from one place to another. I mean, I think those are some discussions that are, that are worth having in kind of general sense. I would rather that personally, the tax pass state as it is for this budget purpose. Let it been get the budget sorted out and have another taxi pass discussion for next year. Okay, next year. I find that, that too. But how, about thing for, how about grants for groups? I mean, yeah. and again, I like grants for groups. I know that there are others that have some other feelings on them. And what I'm looking for is I want to have, like there are some people that aren't here tonight. I, I want to make sure that all the individual on council, I mean, have an opportunity to weigh in and put their ideas forth because a lot of times the ideas that are brought forth bring you things that you didn't consider or you didn't think of. And I I just want them out there and I want them open so that nobody can say at the end of it, myself or anybody else, well, I didn't have a chance to speak to that and I'm not happy with the fact that my view wasn't at least. I didn't have the opportunity to bring it up. So that's what I'm looking for in, in this process. Mm -hmm. Not that I have a definite feeling one way or the other at this point. I'll be the hard master here and say that we are at a council meeting, decisions have to be made, and we may or may not ever have full council on any of these discussions, too. So sometimes we can't wait. Sorry, Ms. Um, Thank you, Ashif. I just wanted to mention, I did circle back to the library. Um, and in the library, the total budget for the library is 467000 600. So 409,000 of it is contracted services. So that must be the payments. That's how we must be recording it as contracted services. Yeah, but that's the library, piece library system and the office. That would be both, yeah. yeah. Total library costs. And 2022 budget for library was 511 but we had a retirement of some long-term debt. 
sort of doing a rough calculation in my head, just like 80 for business, 40 for hydrant, 30 here and there kind of thing for whatever, and how much time do we want to spend bashing that around out of a, a budget that's like this big? No, I, I think, know, yeah, sorry. Like I say, I'm sort of schizophrenic on that, <laughs> and I have to acknowledge that. I think what my point is basically is agree or disagree, but acknowledge that this is a this is a change. So be conscious of that. That we are consciously saying um, whatever for economic development, whatever for grants to um, businesses, whatever for that. Just so we're conscious, that's what we voted on when we voted on this budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's my main point. I think. Um, and sorry if I'm misleading anything, but uh, so Brad had a, a question about fire hydrant, which would get answered fairly quickly yeah. without being a budget item sort of thing. Um, the library, I, I am still not sure if there's 17,000 got included or not, so maybe no, not. I don't see that. Yeah. So I would speak to that the library needs some sort of increase in order to. Um, maintain its uh, programs which are well used really by our community so including uh, those that don't have computers that walk into the library and sit there and access them which is uh, you know a need um, so I'm, I'm speaking for 17,000 for the library or something <laughs> but I don't know if I speak to it now or if I wait for a discussion like Anybody else goes to the library? Well, I can say that else? over at least the course of the last term, um, the library was very good about keeping their number very, very flat, and we were very good about agreeing with that as well uh, for them. So, seventeen <laughs> given given the course of time, seventeen this year, in recollection of what we've done over the last four or five, is not out of line. I'll, I'll punch my views on the, on the business thing because I've sort of mulled it over like 10 times while we've been sitting here. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the eight. And I'll explain why I'm fine with the eight. I'm fine with the eight for a couple of reasons. One of the things that was brought to us, I think, very clearly during the election and, and during discussions around it was that we were not seen as being business friendly. We were not seen as being supportive of business. I think that would be a, a, a fair comment. I'm not saying that those people are necessarily correct. But I'm saying that was certainly a perception that's out there. Having said that, I can't think of any money that we've really popped into business or business support over the year other than the program that we put together for COVID, the COVID relief, which I think was quite a good idea and sort of was maybe the, the birth of the concept that we had, we had a role to play in business. To my mind, $80,000 in our whole budget is not a massive amount of dollars, especially if you look at the number of years where we really didn't put anything into it. I think we've got a, a team of people here um, that have brought, that have put, as commented by the mayor and commented by others, these people put a lot of thought into what they brought to us tonight. They brought a number that I think is pretty reasonable given the goals that they put in there, the things that they want to see and they're going to be bringing those things back. I think we had the discussion, I think Wayne was fairly open to it, that if we're going to put this into it, maybe the chamber has a role to play in contributing something to it. Maybe it's over and above what we're putting in. I'm fine with all that. 
and I'm, and I'm fine with seeing us support businesses because it's not lost on me that one of the services that this town provides our whole region is the business that we have within our borders. And I think we have to start looking at those things as services that our town provides and we have to, where we can, be helpful to them. So I'll just say I'm fine with the 8,000 for that. I was shocked. I was shocked when they first asked for that, and I told them flat out that they're going to have to come up with some sort of a budget before council even consider a number like that. And they did do that, and and I'm not sure what forty thousand that they have, or I don't remember what it is. Is that what it is? But you know that's not within my scope, so I have to assume it's a reasonable number, and yeah, I, I would be fine with Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. It's not something I can really, somebody would ask about that, so I assume it's reasonable, and yes, I think 8,000 is reasonable ask. Um, Councillor Boychuk, what are you, your thoughts on I'm that totally request? I'm fine with supporting yeah. a business and helping our downtown core. Um, well, my feeling is, is if we paid an active officer or a person, we'd have to give them a budget to work with anyways, and so we're getting the labor for free. Okay. I think it's good, and I agree with what uh, Councillor Good said as well. So, so for that. admin's purposes, it looks like this group is in agreement on that part of the budget. Could probably speak for Shelley too. Um, okay, so how about the, uh, uh, there's a part in there about grants to businesses of 50,000? Oh, is that that revitalization grant? The one that we did the survey that it's mm -hmm. kind of, I'm going to say, um, Alicia. Yeah, what kind of lens? Modi's, pardon me, um, project. Yeah, so the 50,000 is tied to that request for direction that we brought to council where we would, if the budget with that 50,000 or an alternative number is passed, then we will develop a series of grants to business based on time, taking money out of that budget line. Councilor Scammer. Okay, so I, I think that's a good number. The other thing, when we get our communications individual like rolling, this is a, you know, between what, what, what we're putting into that program, what we're putting into the, um, EDC and stuff. This this is a, this is a pretty big story. What what we've got going on, you know, all told, this these this is the support that that's being put out there. That would be a really great uh, thing to kind of do over the course of the year and highlight some of that stuff uh, beyond just you know the one aspect. It's like oh we're 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 going at this from from all kinds of directions. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking that's a good thing I'm, in the budget. I'm good on it. How about uh, Mr. Boychuk? Good thing in the budget? Okay. Mr. Carr. Yes, I think it's a good thing. Well, what I'm coming to right now is I don't see any hills to die on in this budget. And by that, what I'm saying is that I think what's been presented tonight, I'm just speaking for myself, pretty reasonable. We're looking at about 4% ballpark. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think you might want to take a look, make sure that the, those things are all correct. but. 
I don't see anything that was brought here tonight that flags me as I need a lot more time in it. I think you, over the months that we've discussed a lot of the, the kind of the framework or the, the supports in here, we kind of have a pretty good idea of where this dollar, where this money is going, and what it's being used for. We are addressing infrastructure here. That's good. We are addressing economics in here, which is good. We're getting a better picture of economics than I've seen for myself in a long time. So that's good. Um, I like the way things have been turned to us and, and brought to us. I'm very, very happy with that. So I don't know that we need, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I think we're getting to the, I'm agreeing with you. I think we're getting to our the end of our list and there's reassurance that council knows that these things are in the budget and they're agreeable to them. It's we may not be getting exactly what any of us want, mm -hmm. but we're all getting what we need. So I'm hearing yes to the grants to groups of the 50,000. Then there are grants to businesses. Then there was a, mentioned somebody here, uh, grants to groups, and that amount is also 50,000? It's 35. It's 35. So, um, Councillor uh, Boychuk, uh, is that a good thing to keep in the budget? I'll have to think on that one. Well, we're kind of making you think quick here tonight, Councillor. Well, I'm not too happy with grants to groups and how we've distributed that, that last time. You know, with the bat study and stuff like that, I, I had a hard time. We, I don't that. think we've. <coughs> the bat study didn't get money, did it? Yeah, it did. Anyways, uh, just a little history of that. I think um, that guy kiboshed totally the grants to groups for the rest of the year, then it was going to be brought back to us to relook at the policy and so on. So I'm assuming by the figure in the um, budget that the figure's there and the policy gets developed or changed to make it work or not. I'm assuming that's the way it would go. I would like to see a tax relief grant versus a grants to group or something like that so people are struggling seniors can't pay their taxes and stuff like that when they they can apply for relief or something hmm. okay so what I'm hearing from you is no to grants to groups um, there's something else out there about tax relief which is very hard one to institute I think but anyways that's my thought uh, Councillor Scammerhorn grants to groups uh, I think it's important for couple of reasons we often get double or more value on those dollars when they're spent they're spent in the community with with local groups um, and a lot of the people that are really active in our community that um, they're the ones that are involved in these things and they're coaching the kids and they're bringing the uh, so for example the art club when they had their their fair or their 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 festival you know downtown um, that would have been a really great thing that we could have used grants groups to support. That, that, that's one example. So there's, there's, there's plenty of ways that that money can be used. And it also gives an opportunity for people when they do apply for grants groups to bring their projects to us and, you know, express those passions to us, those things that, they're, that are really important to them. And not obviously just to them, but all the people that, that are involved in that group as well. So I think it's... Um, I think it's a really valuable thing for us to have going on, so I'm, I'm happy with it, and I was quite disappointed when we lost it. Thank you. Um, Councillor Carr, grants to groups. 
I think it's a very good program, um, but I, I think it needs tighter rules and, and restrictions on what qualifies and what doesn't qualify. Um, for example, and, and, and another thing, if we're going to have rules, we have to stick by the rules. Um, there should not be exceptions, um, in my opinion. Um, for example, the, the, the hockey team that went to Sweden and Norway, I think that's a fantastic thing. But number one, the grants for groups was supposed to be, uh, from what I understand, projects that would not happen if we did not support them. Well, a regional team, which may have consisted of two Peace River residents going to Sweden, in my opinion, does not, does not qualify for Peace River taxpayer dollars. Um, you know, we had no idea, I have no idea to this day how many people from Peace River were on that. Secondly, I think if you can afford to send your kid to Sweden to play hockey, you can probably afford a hockey jersey. Like, I think things like the school grounds, you know, the playgrounds that we're looking for uh, accessible equipment, you know, that sort of thing, I think they struggled. I, I, I think they were successful in the end, were they not? With the accessible one, playground? One and school ground got done, I don't know if the other one's finished. Both, both, finished. both of them? Yeah. You, know, you know, that kind of thing, I, I support 100%. Um, because so, that's going to be used by local kids and it's yeah. local dollars doing. But but hockey tournaments in Finland and Sweden, I, uh, or, or as Mark said, a bat study, that's, that's a provincial or a federal thing. That's not a municipal thing. Like, I think we just need tighter rules on what qualifies or what doesn't qualify. If it's Peace River tax dollars, it should be used by Peace River citizens or Peace River projects or Peace River game. Okay, so what I'm taking from that is 35,000 is okay, but only if the rules are tighter yeah, and followed. I think so. I think so. So yeah. in the revision of the policy, if it comes forth, that would be what yeah. you would want to see in it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Good, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm fine with okay. that. Uh, I too am fine with it. I think it has um, some. Um, soft community development and community um, belonging aspects to it that I think are important for the town to support. So, oh, Your Worship, um, if I could I yeah. interrupt at this time, because STARS wasn't considered in the budget at all. Could we have a discussion about STARS and if Council is interested in giving any contribution at all, and if they are? Um, okay, so, and with respect to Mark's point about um, tax um, uh, relief, um, I'm not sure how to handle that other than it, it's a big discussion item, and Mark, maybe it's something that needs to be for next year's um, budget to make sure we have that discussion, or you want it... I can't find a heck of a lot of data on it, mostly yeah. in Ontario, but there is, yeah. there is a lot of... But, you know, my thoughts are... According to the last poll, 50% of Peace River's population is living under the poverty line. But are they all property owners is the other well, issue. Yeah, I don't know what the property owners. Because that would 50, be... 3,500 people living in this town are below the property level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
So but that's why I worry them. about taking their money and just giving it away. But we're not necessarily sure that, so. yeah, we're not necessarily sure it's their money we're taking because we don't know if they are the property owners, really. Although I suppose you could think through the oh. rental market eventually it's a property owner kind of thing. I just consider a resident. Yeah. So I, I would say if you wish that it should become a discussion item and uh, community or admin might have a chance to uh, bring some data back to the discussion on another year perhaps so. Um, okay, STARS. So STARS basically, um, as I understand, um, made a request for a minimum uh, possible well, they would like at least $2 per capita, and two times 680 is about 13, 14,000 a year for each of three years, which is about 42,000 over the course of those years. Um, past history, the little I know a bit, um, uh, one year council in the past, I think did pay $2 per capita, then it went to $1 per capita, and then it went to none. Uh, basically, the idea being that, I guess, we've got um, medical evacuation services happening at the airport and STARS is unlikely to land in town. Um, the dots on that map, from what I could see, um, weren't town, town, town dots. They were in the MDA piece uh, and some of the surroundings. But that's only my interpretation of that. So. The question is, do we want to put some money for STARS in this year's budget? And if so, what the amount? It could be a fixed amount. Do we want it for one year or thinking of three years? No. So, who wants to speak first? I'll jump. I'll jump and say yes. Okay. I know there's going to be a couple of notes, but I'm going to say yes. And I'll explain why. Mark asked a really good question when they were <coughs> If we don't contribute, do we still get your service? And the answer was yes. Well, that's a wonderful thing. But I'm not really nuts about riding coattails when I'm getting a service that has a value. If it had no value to the town of Peace River, I'd say no. Why why you put our dollars there? But if it if if it's fourteen thousand dollars ballpark figure, to my mind that's not a whole lot of money. I think when I took a look at the numbers, I saw Peace River, Berwyn, and whatever it mentioned, and it was specific to the town of Peace River on some of those numbers. It was Peace River um, postal codes, which means it could have been somebody at Weaverville or down Shaftesbury or wherever in the MDF piece. Well, if it's Berwyn, it could be MDF piece too. I mean, that's theoretically possible, but, but there's you know, I don't know exactly how many people, maybe we do it for a year and we ask them to track how many people actually lived in Peace River, you know, whatever. But I think if we're getting the value, we should sort of contribute our fair share. I'm gonna leave it just that concept. So you're kind of yes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not usually yes, but for something like that. But I, and I'll be honest with you, before they came in here, my, my, my feeling was kind of a definite no, but I think I was given, that was a pretty good presentation. They made a pretty good case, and they're providing a pretty interesting service. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. Okay, Don's a yes. Why would you do that? Probably for no good reason. 
I've got one. Um, we, we, we've been victim of, of provincial downloading and, and uh, you know, grants being cut and all these kinds of other things that the province has stung us on. I see this as a healthcare thing. If this is a healthcare need, if this is a healthcare demand, um, I'm, I'm looking to hold the line on some of our municipal dollars going towards that. If it requires more funding, then go to the province. Brad, what do you, or Councillor Carr, what do you think? That's 2008. I don't know how to make things. To be honest, Byron makes a very good point. I mean, I, I, I could make the same argument towards Rotary House, too. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and so I guess maybe I'm being a little inconsistent by, by saying, okay, Rotary House is fine. This isn't, it's just like, I got to build a fence somewhere, it's going to be on this line. Maybe it'll move in future years or whatever, but that's just, I, I, I'm just, somewhere I'm gonna hold the line. So this is this is my spot. Maybe it's arbitrary. I, I, I agree with Don that if you're going to give the service, you should be contributing, but we're already contributing with tax dollars to the, to the province. 50% of the... Yeah, 50% of it is covered by the province, yeah. Um, Boy, that's tough. I, I don't know. I, I'd probably be interested in, in giving some money, not necessarily a minimum two dollars, maybe a flat rate or something. But 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 yeah, you know, just because we are benefiting from the. So, for example, like a five thousand dollar contribution yeah, annually. Like I know STARS isn't going to say no to anything. Obviously, they have their target, but yeah. Well, we're already into that 28 for 17 on the library, so we can do five. We haven't, we haven't eaten it all up yet. What are you laughing about? <laughs> you should have put it on the there. We'll spend it. He wants to keep the 28. It's a good thing we had it. Don't hire a CPO for a okay, couple months. Okay, so I, I've got um, Brad. Yes, at some sort of flat rate, perhaps. Yeah, that's I think so. Where we're going, um, Mark? What was your final thought? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tough one because I've just been dealing with the, the Alberta Hospital, and they're saying that number of visits does not justify any investment from our, our hospital at this time. It's way higher than what we're flying through Globe, but it's a whole different ballgame. But it just got me thinking that. You know how many how many are we flying out a year? It, it, it's a tough one, man. Like it's a medical service. I it's a it's an important. Like, are you a per capita or a flat rate or nil? I think I'd like to see where we land with the rest of the budget. This is it. Okay, well I, I go flat. I'm happy with giving it five. Five thousand. Yeah. I can do five. <laughs> I'll raise you two. I haven't spoken yet. I would have said no, none, for reasons that we have the medical service. We still use the ground the ground ambulance. They get money from other ones who better use their facilities, but or their services. <coughs> However, the flats seem to be winning uh, the discussion. Or discussion. So. Flats? Is it five thousand? Is it two thousand? Or is it a million? How, how about a flat per capita? That's that sort of cuts that's sixty eight hundred. I, I don't. I would say no. I'd say five. I'd say five. Or I'd say five. Five. 
I, I would say no to 68, yes to five, if I have that six. Five? Did they not say there were 60 trips in Peace River? 63, I think. I think it was 10 years. And it was postal codes. That was over a 10-year period. Yes. Well, that was over 10 years. Oh, yeah. wow. And, and be careful. You're, just a reminder, your postal codes include quite a substantial surrounding area of folks who pick up their mail in the community from Northern Sunrise County, MP of Peace County, around the lights. That postal code is a, a far-reaching um, basically anything with a T8S, right? Yeah. So there's nine flights out of the hospital alone transfers last year. Nine. Which and then do three not mean, scene calls. Yeah, which do not mean they're actual Peace River residents. No, no could be in this. Could be somebody traveling up to the territories and they get in yeah. a car accident, right? So yeah. Anybody on our highway. Yep. Literally anybody not within town distance in the where there's a landing site. And if we have, uh, if they do cat things, that could be one or two of them that who knows. Did you want to do a $3,000 contribution? <laughs> you've, already got, you've already got two of us at five that were no's before. I don't know, you don't need to negotiate against yourself. <laughs> and again, well, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm a big supporter of stories. I know people whose lives yeah. have been saved yeah. by it. And all yeah. it takes is one life. If it's your life or right. your Small spouse town. or your partner and you know people, that life, um, so you know, that's just me personally. Yeah, so did you ever buy a yeah. calendar? Then don't complain to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was okay. Angela's dog, um, she'd be we good need, for the We box. need to round this off here, so um, what are we going to round it off to? Yeah, so I can make a note. Brad, what's your thoughts? Five. He wanted 68, he's saying 68, I'm oh, saying five. I, I'm happy a dollar half of what they're asking. 68. We've got three at five and two at 68. So five plus five plus five plus 68 plus 68 divided by five, you got your number. 55. <laughs> Let's call it a number. 57. Oh, what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> okay, why do you guys keep laughing and admit after I talk? So I just. I'm just your logic. You went five, five, five. I, I averaged it. I know, and I couldn't keep up. I can't do math, so I was trying to. Okay, the, the latest uh, the latest bid was 5500 So 5500 this year and for the next two years? So that is the next question. Oh, yes. Is this a one-year deal or is this each of three years? They want years? a three-year deal, right? They want a That's what they want, right? but... Yeah. Why 55? Why not 55? <laughs> I would just average it. I'm happy with five, but me too. I'm happy with five. person here average something. I can live with it. You know you can, can lie with statistics five. if you change. I can live with five when I can't live with Okay, um, admin, I think I'm hearing five, but the next question is that for year one or one, two, three. Mark, get it over with or not? I'd like to see our, 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 our use, and so maybe if we made a scale, if it, we used it a lot this year or something, it. So, so if, you, if we we give a flat rate of five with the fact that we do an exceptional amount of number, maybe we may contribute more. I don't know. But I would like them to live in Peace River, then not be postal code Peace River, which they don't do. I mean, Bonnie's burying a cemetery. Right? Yeah, we don't. 
Yeah, same as our hospital. Though. That's so right? what I would hear from you then is 5,000 for year one and reconsider next budget year. Is that yeah. kind of? <coughs> or pardon me? Scandal, we call just, it whatever you want. Just getting it's, too familiar meetings. This is okay. It, it's kind of a GMP. I don't feels like a GMP today. I don't right? think it's. No. I, I know it's not. I know it's not. We're supposed to be. Um, I would just do it for the three. Otherwise, she's going to come back. And then she'll do some <coughs> other graph that don't and be like, "Oh, that's good. I want to go." Ahead. I was like, "No." <laughs> okay, Mark. Mark is one year. Um, Byron is uh, three years. Dawn. like we're looking at uh, $17,000 added to the budget for the library for 2023. Uh, they're like stars, eh? They're, they're asking for a five-year ask. If you look at their thing, they're asking for roughly that with a probably one and a half, two percent increase every year for the next five years. So a total of 112 grand. So I don't know if they're coming for us for the five-year ask. I never really read that far into it, or just one year at a time every year. So it looks like it's a five-year ask. We don't really draw up on this stuff once we... If it's for wages, it's it's a structural increase. It's not like we're looking for a capital purchase. We want 17 this year to do this. It's like, the, obviously, that's going to stay. It's only taking a pay cut next year. No, well, one of the things I have to say is that during over the last couple of years, they were one of the groups that really understood that there were some real pressures on a whole pile of people, and they were one of the ones who said, "We'll kind of, we'll kind of suck it up. We'll kind of, we'll be there to back everybody up. Um, I'm fine with whatever. If their ask is five years, I'm fine with it." So the way they've got it worded, though, I, I'm not quite understanding. They've got. 17,800 in 2023. They say that's an increase from 2022 to 2023. Yep. Then 18,690 in 2024, 
which is an increase from 2023 to 2024. So does that mean that over the, that two years, it would be 35,000 or? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So that's what we are agreeing to uh, a move that way. I'm fine with that. They helped everybody out with and, and, times for things. And they also have a large amount of reserve funds that they're tapping into too. So they're not asking us for everything. They're, at, they're spending a lot and we're asking us for, they're spending 112 too. And, and just to clarify, like for the purpose of this exercise, we're just looking at the 2023 ask. This isn't entering in any future agreement or anything like that, so. Is that applying for STARS then as well? We're just putting a number in the budget right now. Okay. Um, I'm just doing some little adding here. Keep talking, people. Um, what have I got here? If you look at the library thing, they've got the year totals up there, like how many how many people are using utilizing the program. We had 7,700 people program. Lots actually. So I think, and I could be totally wrong here. Their ask is in 2027. By 2027, we would have expended a hundred thousand dollars total more, more than I don't know. 2022, I guess. That's 25%. Okay, but to move us along, the ask is 17,800, and we seem to have a willingness to put that in the 2023 budget. Yeah, one year. Okay, and to be determined after that with more time for. We talked with the library, the, so it's, it's coming back in. Right? Mm -hmm. So were there anything else in um, Mr. Mumford's presentation that is in or council here wants to say, was that what we really meant and was that what we're doing? Just for a couple more, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Grants. So there is, just so you're aware, there is a budget for a life cycle study for the pool in there, just so you're aware, that's about 35, I think. Yeah. And we have um, a $60,000 provision for a downtown business revitalization plan study because that last one is 15 years old, I think, and pretty much <clears throat> ran through the recommendations that we could do on that study so far. I think economic development people should be very, very happy with us. Very happy. Yes. Wow. Very happy. 60,000. 60,000. So it's a, it's a, I haven't quoted or tendered. It was my best guess based on my history. And so then the attention, I said, we had one. Is it 15 years old? It's quite old. 2010, 2011. 2011. Yes. 2011. So then that will drive our actions for the next 10 years. It's even older than that, really, because that was when it was. It was 2010, the Abbey Freeman was the last big one. Yeah. Yeah. That so was when it was pre presented, yeah. so. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. So, so right now, right now we're building, we're doing murals and we're doing a few things that we kind of are still kind of out of the last study, but other than that, we, we need some good planning and direction to move forward, so. Um, and what else was there? I think that was, uh, 
the website was another. The website was another big yeah. one. Yeah, that was seventy, I think, sixty or seventy, and I think that was all the big notable changes. Again, the one position, the organizational review had recommended two position increases. One, I think, council had approved, <coughs> and we're just so we put one in the budget. We're kind of figuring out where we're going to put that, sort of where the best fit is. Um, I thought I'd emailed you all a little little piece about salaries, wages, and benefits, and I don't think I did. I'll email you later. It was essentially saying we just kind of wanted to hold close to our chest what we have built into the, the budget, given we're going into negotiations. Um, so there, there is some room in there, and we don't know what it'll play out to be. But also, I know I've spoken with you all as well about the number of staff here, similar to the library, that have not um, seen any progression along the um, salary grid forever or a number of years. So there is a little bit of um, funds in that overall salary budget for us to do some work towards making staff whole where we need to make them whole. But I can't really give you all a number on how much that is. Like I said, because of the situation we're in this year. Okay, and, and some of the other major review things that are coming up that some might cost and some might not. Well, I call them major. The procedural bylaw, code of conduct. Um, there was a third one there too. Uh, council remuneration. Yes. I don't know why they call it. It's got a name. I, Remuneration. Remuneration. Uh, yeah. And it seems to me, well, now we've added uh, taxi pass, um, grants to solar, organizations, uh, grants to groups. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And the tax relief edification, I guess we could say. Coming from IT, I Is the website function, is the website not functional in areas? Is that what we're running, you're running into? Like, and we're not talking cosmetics here, we're talking functionality? Mm, yeah. Okay, that's, as long as the answer is yes, yes. that's fine. Yeah. Good question. Broken. Broken, broken. Broke. The platform is broken. <laughs> yeah. and, and one of the other ones was, uh, Mr. Mugford mentioned about the um, tax, um, what do you, whatever you call it, uh, for nonprofits. Copy. Yeah. So again, that's like it's provincially mandated. Yeah. But what we can look at is the criteria and the review that, that we go through to make sure that you know only qualified organizations. Can it. Um, and so the way we've been doing it the past couple of years is they're all set to renew this year. So we've been staggering it over the past couple of years to make sure that everything comes up for renewal on that you know I was just <clears throat> thinking earlier I was asking you if, if the Rotary House was part of that program which I assume is which you know sometimes we fail to communicate that that piece right those little hidden things so we've, we've had a lot of conversation in a minute about you know reminding the community organizations at the end of the year how much goodwill 
um, and in-kind um, benefit that the town provides because lots of times unless they get a check in hand it's like the town doesn't do anything for us but there's a, an example right there of again on top of the funding we already provide the taxes are waived um, or we give free meeting space and so I think it's important down the road that <clears throat> we issue letters to the organizations that we are giving um, consideration to at the end of the year that your organization enjoyed X value because we forget and we need to be reminded and even even council needs to be reminded of and the rate payers and we share it with the rate payers so they know yes we are supporting um, everybody is supporting these organizations and so I think we just need partly to, to communicate that message a lot better and and you know have yourself as an organization on the back and a community for supporting those places and organizations. In the grants for groups, was there not a condition that we had to hear back from the group? <coughs> and do we enforce that? Um, I don't know about in the past per se, but that's absolutely, we could be doing that. Mm -hmm. As a part of that policy, re the review that we recently had um, that's the opportunity when we bring back an updated policy for council to tighten up the reins as it were or some of the uh, regulations within that policy and we can put in requirements and some more uh, parameters mm -hmm. even capital requests as great as the playgrounds were they can eat up your 35 in one ask so there are ways that we can manage that within that policy update. So caps of 5,000 max for capital, whatever. 5,000 is the magic number tonight. <laughs> okay, anything else we need to have a go around on? Bunch of boys. I'm surprised they didn't, didn't mention it, but uh, you know we've been meeting with this group about the crime and the, the vagrancy and all that kind of stuff, and we've got that septet coming up. You know, so we've already identified a lot of key areas that we can improve on. So I don't know where we're going to get the money for that, or when we're going to do that, or if we're going to keep well, allowing. Maybe, maybe some of the, the grants to businesses could uh, have a category. Because it's a it's a pretty heated discussion. It's, it's yeah. And top concern, I think, by our business owners. Well, a lot of the improvements that need to be made, and I guess we're going off topic, I guess, but are they improvements that need to be made to specific? structures that are not owned by us or are they other things? I think a combination of both, right? So they, I didn't go on the walk, but they, they walked down the alleys <coughs> and identified quite a few issues and stuff like that. So, but, you know, the, I, can, I can answer that, Larry. Sure. Um, a lot of them were things that businesses would have to do themselves, like lighting cameras, that sort of thing, but a big one was that planter on Main Street kind of across from the where they all record because that used to be or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where they suggested building it, you know, a foot higher and having a slope on maybe not a foot, but they oh, okay. I so it's not an easy seat to sit on. You know, that would be a town thing as opposed to a lot of the other stuff. That's that's taken us outside of our so I apologize. Okay, so um, 
I don't know that we answered that. I, 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 I never went on the walk, so I don't know yeah. exactly. I haven't seen haven't the report. Seen I just report. heard the second hand, so. Yeah, but I don't know. I'd hate to wait two more years to, to budget for that. There's currently nothing specific to that in the budget. Yeah. yeah. No, and I think, I think their next step is to have a meeting with the businesses downtown, and then yeah. probably from there we'll get a report, I would think. Well, and to a certain extent, too, if you own a business and there's issues, and here's the suggestion as to how you improve your business, some of that, you know, here's at least the suggestion in case you didn't know what might help. That's a step. So, okay, so I think, Mr. Mudford, uh, we're, we've kind of had a conversation tonight. Excellent. I'll move on to the second half of my presentation. Well, that will be well. <laughs> Just kidding. I only have two slides left. He's only going to change the 29 to uh, a four zero. Left. We're going to get So, um, just for the sake of the councillors who aren't here, we'll summarize maybe in an email just the, the changes and, and well, what we've got so far. Um, so, this is the penultimate slide. We've made it through. Um, this just summarizes at the highest of levels, revenues and expenses, the kind of reverse order, but this is uh, 2023 versus 2022. Um, pardon me? So one comment about 2022, again, prior to the distinguishing, prior to making the utility fund self-liquidate, um, the tax fund would always subsidize the utility fund. And so the goal going forward is to present balanced, or in this case, a very, very modest surplus, which we've just about used up, um, budgets, or as close to possible with the excess being transferred to ultimately to reserves for future years. Um, at the point where we're at right now, we're just kind of trotting along and funding our current year needs, but ultimately we'd like to get to that point where we're building those reserves back up. Now, I will point out that as we pay down debt, if we were to not issue new debt in the future, all those funds would also be going to reserves. So we'll naturally kind of dig our way out of it if we if we don't issue new debt. But, um, you know, this is this is kind of at that, that highest level. Um, and again, I normalize prior year we don't have the airport at 55 plus games in there. Um, last slide here. Again, we've already had a fairly detailed discussion, but um, I do want to thank administration and staff for their contributions to the budget process so far. Uh, I believe the budget is one of the most critical functions of government, and as such, it's one of the most important documents that's approved by Council of the Year. Uh, we've invested a significant amount of time preparing and reviewing this document turnover in my role and in the CAO's role, um, you know, we've already brought some new ideas and perspective to the budget process, um, and this is now Council's opportunity to review it, have conversations with the public, and provide us with feedback if there's other areas that you'd like us to look at. Um, as I mentioned, we'll circle back with the with Council as to the changes that we've identified thus far, and if there's areas that you'd like additional detail, because we can provide that that by object detail, so one layer deeper. It's just, it would be too much information to go through at that level here. So if there's areas that want that specific detail, you can email us, we can provide it. So the fire hydrants, I think. 
we can get an answer to that. Sure. But just on the budget on the whole, if there's areas that you want to do a deep dive, we can. Um, yeah, and that, that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Well, th there's any other questions? Thank you very much. The other one was the RCMP back pay to yeah. figure out where it's at. Um, uh, thank you very much, um, administration of all sorts, the directors that have had input into this. Um, it's, uh, I hope, well understood by council as to what we're passing in this budget. And uh, we're learning, we're on a learning curve no matter what we do. So. Um, anyways, so the next step would be that this comes back to us at some future point if, if it gets passed for information tonight. Mm -hmm. And the reason for passing it for information is, well, you presented it, right? Okay. So is, is that, and that would likely happen, time frame for that would be maybe? Well, council is comfortable with presentation and prepared to pass. We would bring it back next week for adoption or we can bring it back. Otherwise it would be the first meeting Second. in February, like the first council meeting. Yeah. And so whatever council. So does, okay, the other uh, aspect to this, um, the tax rate and all that good stuff was, there was a suggestion, um, <coughs> I don't know if it was previous council or last year or something, that assessment notices would go out separate from um, um, tax levy notices. Is that changing or what's your time frame? Yes, Your Worship, I kiboshed that completely. That would just cost twice as much money for our organization to do so and twice as much work. So I did a quick analysis and I typically you do that if you get a lot of um, assessment appeals. Um, and so you'd want to do that to address those appeals, but we don't we don't have any number of appeals to justify that cost. So we're status quo. Um, once the budget is passed, typically I would imagine our assessment and taxes go out in May. Yeah. yeah so we'll be ready to go. So uh, I guess uh, council, if you could weigh in on this. Um, my mindset is that we've had a discussion tonight. We are absent two councillors. Next week, we will be absent uh, myself, but you kind of know what my views are on the topic. So we either pass a motion now, well, put a motion forward to accept this for information, or put a motion forward to accept it, um, period. Well, how many people would we, if you don't mind me asking a question, how many people would we expect to hear at the first meeting? Just to clarify, we still need to bring the utility budget back. Yes, 
them. So if we wanted to do those, if we can separate them and pass them separately, then it could be any time. Um, but if we want to do them together, then the meeting event is yeah. problem. Yes. The, the 13th for clarification. Yeah. If anyone's checking their calendars ahead and seeing if there's an advantage. But. I would suggest that would be the best. That gives time to everybody to kind of sit on it, digest it. If we have any questions, there's no rush. We can continue operating the way we are with our interim and then everybody is more comfortable. Just one other comment. Generally, I, I, it's beneficial for the public to have an opportunity to reach out and, and make comment on this. Um, again, the, the municipal requisition that we're putting forth, all things considered, is fairly reasonable. You know, I think the number that we've got in the budget is from the research I've done on the lower end. Um, so it's it's a reasonable ask, but the public still has their opportunity to have their say. So, so the public would have to turn up at the next meeting that this is discussed and or somehow between now now and then or write us right yeah. i guess whatever yeah okay. they can just contact okay so maybe somebody could put forth a motion to accept um this um uh, draft operating tax supported budget for information mm -hmm. uh councillor carr so moves all in favor great thank you okay well thank you guys or thank you very much and um the utility one will come back. The timeline for that, Mrs. Miller, might be. Oh, it's been out of my mind. I don't. Huh? <laughs> um, honestly, honestly, it'll either be. I'm going to suggest the GMP in February to have a final look at it, so then it'll be ready for adoption on the 16th as or whatever that date is as well 13th because I do have a little bit of twigging tweaking to do now once the utility budgets passed or the rate bylaws passed so we'll bring it back yeah, at GMP in February for a final look and then adoption at the next meeting and so since their bylaws um, we would be looking at second and third reading in next week um, so, in terms of people's utility bills, say that it passes, um, they would see the changes at the end of March, or no, the end of February. So it'd be on February's bill. We're looking to have it effective February one, and I believe the twenty nine dollars comes off February one. But um, we won't have passed it yet, will we? Yes, I'm hoping to get second and third reading on the utility rate bylaw next meeting. Next Monday. Okay. Um, <coughs> yeah, that was just getting the time frame in there. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I think we're done that topic for now. And the agenda is saying that we should move into closed session, but perhaps we'll have a uh, five minute break and uh, someone will bring us back and then we'll have a motion to go into closed and closed mrs miller only needs yourself i think correct yeah. great okay thank you